Look in my eyes, what do you see? It's Jeremy and Joel on In the Weeds. No. Hi, Joel. Uh, I'm so thrown off now. I don't know what to do. How, how does the show start? I'm out of my flow. Do we start the video again? What do we do? I'm so no, lost. That's that's how we're starting right there. Oh, that's okay. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, uh, it, it, it's it's November 27, 2023. I am at Joel It's time to get in the weeds. Uh, CM Lambert is here, and I am uh, the Viper at Joel Pearl. J-O-L-P-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary. We're done here. Goodbye. No, sorry. I got. I went too far. I, I overshot the runway. Now I'm completely lost. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Um, there we go. We're here. Hi, friends. It's been a crazy weekend. Jeremy's not even at home. Jeremy, uh, he had to. He was so busy with all of this punk and Orton news that he had to go into sequester for the next. I don't know. However long it takes until he's done all of his work, locked himself in a dungeon. That's what's happened, right? Oh, I'm I'm in o- Ohio. I'm not in Ohio. I'm in North Carolina. Here for Wrestlecade, and uh, yeah, that's. That's all. I'm I'm here for WrestleCade. That's why I'm in this nice ho- hotel um, for for till tomorrow. I've been here since Friday. I will be back in Ohio tomorrow. But Joe, we had to start with you know the the great CM Punk intro since I famously famously did the did the song intro to put him back everywhere in any company ever. It was, it was the only fitting start we could we could do here. It's the only fitting start. That's true. That's wild. Um, yeah, man. It, we're going to talk about it all. We have, for those of you who have never tuned in before, we are a two-hour morning show. We talk about anything and everything under the sun and wrestling and out. We're just, we're having fun. We're busting balls and we're going to enjoy the time. Uh, you can leave a thumbs up on the video and of course subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked if you haven't already. We're like, uh, we're, we're ESPN2 content. There you go. Get the fireworks going. And of course you can donate a super chat and support us here on the channel. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Chai Towns first starts us right out. That Taylor Swift all in pop is going to be crazy. Look at that. Are you ready for, are you ready for all in Taylor's version? I, I think I'm, uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to London early to make a week and go to a Taylor Swift concert okay. and then go to All In. This is my tentative plans. That's my tentative plans. We'll see okay. if it works. We'll see if I it like works. It. Hey, uh, speaking of, of London and the UK and everything, uh, at 10.30, scheduled to join us from AEW is Kip Sabian. We're looking forward to that. Uh, he has he has the link. He knows where to find us. 10.30, we're hoping he comes and joins us. Uh, he put out a, uh, a tweet not too long ago being like, hey, I want to do some interviews. Who do you want to see me talk to? And a bunch of y'all tagged myself and Jeremy and said, you should go talk to these guys for some reason. And here he is. He's planning to do that. Uh, and I think he's also, I, I'm hoping, and I said this, I think I've said this a few times. I'm hoping he's going to talk to the Wrestle Talk crew because of that one fellow who looks exactly like him. I need a little bit of like the two of them looking in a mirror and just being like, whoa, what happened? And they do it in the accent too because, you know, UK guys. But anyway, looking forward to, uh, to hopefully welcoming Kip in about 25 minutes on the channel. I, I hope so. You know, I get very scared about these interviews, Joel, especially if we, I don't have communication with people like the day before. And, uh, so we hope Kip's going to join us, everybody. We we had it scheduled. Fingers crossed. I'm always scared about this stuff. Always very scared. 
It's okay. It's only happened once where our scheduled guest did not arrive, and then Bruce Hart showed up a few days later to make up for it. So I think we're going to be okay. I saw Joey this weekend. Um, he he was at WrestleCade. Um, not only did I see Joey Janela, I saw this dude cosplaying as Joey Janela. <laughs> was it Johnny Janela or whatever it is the, the the wrestler who cosplays as Joey? I don't think so. I don't know who he was, but. He was. He, he looked just like Joey. He was hanging out with everybody. You, I think he tricked people for like twenty minutes. Like they would, they help. They thought they were hanging out with Joey Janela, and then they would walk back, and they were like, just hung out with Joey Janela for like twenty minutes. And I looked, and I'm like, I don't think that's him. Like I, I know I've seen Joey enough. I know Joey. Like it was a great, great dead on. Like everything looked perfect. You to the untrained eye. You could, it could clearly pass for Joey Janela. It passed Joey Janela for twenty minutes. For people who should know, I won't. I won't out anybody here. But people who should know that that was not Joey Janela, <laughs> but they got him for at least twenty minutes. Was um, and this isn't a knock at Joey. Joey has a very distinct tooth in the front. That's yeah. uh, did he have the tooth thing too or that's, no? I or think that's it? how. Like he was that committed to this that. Wow. That is how he tricked a lot of people. That's amazing. I love it. Uh, yes. I want. I, I definitely want your WrestleCade stories. Now is probably the best time because let's face it. We're let's let's just be upfront. Let's be transparent because Kip is scheduled to join us at ten thirty. We don't want to start having a full ass conversation about CM Punk and be like Kip Sabian. Instead, <laughs> let's uh, instead maybe we'll talk about WrestleCade for a little bit and get into a good mood going into uh, going into a chat. So. WrestleCade. First of all, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Um, Mike Jackson taking on his son Santana Jackson. How did that match go? How was that experience? Did they dance? Did they cry? Did they leave Ooh. your your rules behind? Oh, I was so so excited for for this match. Like that was the one match that I could not miss this weekend. And I saw it at the GCW event on Friday. They did the cool like. Ah, 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 ah. Oh man, the the dancing with Santana Jackson, Mike Jackson walking the ropes. He's like seventy. He was walking the ropes. Santana ended up winning. Uh, Santana is like Jensen. Jensen talks about it of how he's been around for a while, but he's like just now kind of like getting a little blown up. And he's so much fun. The crowd is so into him as well. Like if you've never seen him. You're just like, oh, because you can easily identify with a, a Michael Jackson cosplay like wrestler, right? Like it's everyone kind of knows who Michael Jackson is. They know the Michael Jackson mannerisms and everything. Like it's an, it's an easy kind of character to get over at this level. And man, he's got it over big time. That was really fun. What other matches were, were really fun uh, for the weekend? Um, Andrade and Speedball. That was at WrestleCade. <laughs> Super Before show. you get to that, I just yeah. I want to put this out there. That Santana Jackson and uh, and Mike Jackson match, one of those two men was alive and wrestling actively when Thriller came out. There you go. I just wanted to put that's my favorite stat from that matchup. Sorry, Andrade and Speedball. I saw the. I think a lot of people saw the spot where uh, uh, Speedball goes for his uh, his flip to the outside off the, the top rope, and he ended up nailing a. A bunch of speakers that were hanging from the, the rafters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that happened. They they hit all their cool moves. It was, Speedball hit the um, the moonsault knees on the apron 
which was insane. Um, that was a really great match. CJ Perry was the biggest star in that match, though. She got the biggest pop of, of anybody in that match. And then Andrade showed some respect to Speedball afterwards and they shook hands and everything and went on their way. But that was really fun. Joey Janela and Mance Warner uh, from the GCW show was great. Joey took a pile driver on a table that did not break. That looked like it sucked. Um, but overall, like it was a really the the ladies' night out show that was yesterday uh, evening or yesterday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. That was a fun show, and then AML ran a show as well. Uh, WrestleCade weekend. I know Sean has put it put it over. Uh, I'm gonna put it over as well. It's the biggest like standalone wrestling event, right? Because all these other conventions typically piggyback off of a WrestleMania or an AEW convention. Um, this one doesn't piggyback off of any of that. It's just been for years, just WrestleCade. GCW was added this year, which kind of shows you how popular WrestleCade has become. If GCW is like, hey, you know what? Let's run a show, uh, WrestleCade weekend, because we know a lot of wrestling fans are going to be there. We should we should uh, run a show off of this because we can mix our talent in with the convention stuff. The convention used to be one room. It was one room at the convention, Benton Convention Center. That's it. They're up to like three to four rooms now with, with all the stuff. And then they have a, the big room for, for wrestling as well. Like it's grown so much over the years. It's always really well done. They do a great job with it. They get a lot of good guests. Wardlow was actually here. I saw some, somebody mention Wardlow in the chat. Um, but Wardlow was here at WrestleCade. He, he did a run in on the WrestleCade Super Show and powerbombed a bunch of people. Um, the Hardys are super popular. Whatever you want to say about the Hardys online and like Matt's comments about his podcast, that shit don't matter when you come to these conventions and you see their lines are out the door and the, the convention ends at 2.30 and they're still signing autographs at 4 o'clock. Like, that online stuff does not matter because they are the most popular people. At, they're the most popular people. Uh, speaking of, I just got a message from, from what Jonathan Alba who wants to be put on this media call that we're doing on Friday or Wednesday. So yeah. So for those who don't know, Wednesday at 4 PM Eastern, we are going to have a very serious, super duper media call, I guess media uh, open forum, whatever you want to call it with one Shaza McKenzie and our very own Sean Ross Sapp going into their match at Slamilton, BLP Slamilton. That is this coming Saturday. They're going to have that match Saturday. We are going to have a press conference at 4 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. I might not be there because I have other obligations um, that involve the son that I accidentally hit with the fridge door yesterday, but I love him and I will have to pick him up at that time. So I might not be there. However, Jeremy and the rest of our very super serious media pals will be uh, at Friday. Uh, sorry. So Wednesday, Wednesday at four Eastern here on overbooked. Okay. I don't think it's on overbooked. I think it's actually on oh, main, main channel as that part of awful. this is very well put together. Everybody, as you can tell uh, by the fact that it was supposed to be, at noon on Wednesday as part of In the Weeds, and then it got changed to four on Wednesday. I don't know if it's on Overbooked. I don't know if it's like the end of the hump because the hump is from three to four, and I that, I think that was the plan is it might be at the end of the hump. 
I have no idea where this media call is taking place. It might be on youtube.com slash Fightful. It might be on fightfuloverbook.com. I don't know. Just have both browsers open and just wait until one of them, you know, starts playing something. But yeah, okay. See, Ryan says it's main channel based on shots. I think it's main channel as well. I think that it is now main channel. So uh, someone needs to tag Jimmy Van, super serious media man, Jimmy Van, and ask him if he will be sticking around after his show on Wednesday to uh, participate in this very serious media press junket obligation thing. We should get a question from Jimmy Van, right? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Like we should, and Jimmy. Jimmy should just be the most oblivious of this entire run. <laughs> Everyone doing this like, wait, Sean's doing a match? When did this happen? What What's going on here? <laughs> just let Jimmy be completely unaware of what's going on and be like, why am I here? I hope, I hope, uh, I don't know who else is going to be on this media call. I've gotten a lot of inquiries. So anybody who's inquired will be on it. I want to get Thurston on to do a bit of like get the numbers yeah the show's taking place on saturday are you worried about the competition from aw collision affecting your demo rating and your ticket sales like i want i want thurston to come on to do that bit i could probably reach out to brandon and be like hey can you ask about like the ticket sale numbers and stuff on this you might get him depend you might get actually you have a very good chance of getting him because him and john pollock do their show at the same time as Jimmy and Sean, and they go about an hour, hour 15. So you might be able to get them like coming off, just getting the link. Cause they'll be set up and ready to go. So you might get a two for one, get John, get, get John Pollock and get Brandon Thurston. I'll message both of them. I'll see Let's you. Let's go. Let's make that happen. <laughs> the, John Pollock is going to take my place as the Canadian in the room for that show. Jimmy Van might as well, but he doesn't count in this case. <laughs> we need a full can- Canadian uh, influencer on on this super serious media call. I don't even know if Shaza knows this thing's happening either. Like, that's what I'm also worried about is like, does Shaza McKenzie even realize what she's like showing up to for this? I it's- hope she takes the call like in, and I don't mean this weirdly, like in bed, just being like, I was just taking a nap. What are we doing here? I've had a hard day. What? What is this? <laughs> she should just come off of training. I don't know if she's training for this match. I don't know if Sean's training for this match. I'm going to be at this match, by the way. Like, God I'm bless. making the towns, brother. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up to support Sean. I'm going to chant. I got an idea to chant, like, Holy shit. We're past five minutes. I can say that, right? I got an idea to chant. You know, the big, like, before the bell rings and the, the crowd goes, because it's just, like, the moment in time, like, before, like, Daniel sent Omega. Like, holy shit. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to chant that, like, during the face-off of Sean and Sa- Shaza before the bell rings. Very excited to to chant that. Uh, for those of you who will be in attendance at Slamilton, do not forget, you have to have to chant fight forever to Sean and Shaza so that legally they will have an obligation to quote fight forever. I want to chant justified. This is awesome. Seems long. Like, the whole thing, like justified. This is awesome. Chant justified. This is awesome. Chant that that flows, right? I don't know if it flows so much as it, is a bunch of words you strung together in a chanting formation. If um, 
if also if you're attending BLP Slamilton, bring a a sleeping bag because these shows are about 20 hours long. And so I thought you were going to mention it was like because so, I know that Sean is is doing a lot of work with Nami and. I thought maybe they were like doing a, a drive for people who are experiencing homelessness and like need a sleeping bag through the winter months. And you're just like, nah, these shows are long, bro. <laughs> so these BLP shows are like 20 matches. They get all the time that they want to get and everything. You might need to rest, you know, especially during Sean and Shaz's match. You might need to take a nap. During that, I would understand it. I would completely understand. It. Wow! During their match, where do you think they're going to go on in the in the whole card? If they're second, then like th- there's no importance to this entire show. If they go on before the intermission, then they might be the second most important match of the night. Where do you think they'll get slotted? I hope they they are the opening match, and then I got a five hour drive. I don't know if I'm going to stay like overnight. I hope they're the opening match, and then I can watch the match. I can say hi to people I would like to see at the show, like Dominic Greeny's going to be there, uh, Matt Brannigan's going to be there, so I can you know say hi to them and everything. And then I can maybe head back a little early. Let me tell you, Joel, I love. I'm not going to lie to people. I don't love wrestling. I think people know I don't love wrestling, but I love this business. I don't want to spend my off time watching wrestling. That just doesn't sound like, oh, I got time off. You know what I'll do? I'll watch more wrestling in my time off. That's just, that, that's a lot of wrestling to consume. And, and so that's, uh, that's, it's not really what I want to do. So, you know, we'll see. I fully understand it. And that's a lot of wrestling for that show. So I don't know if you're going to stick around for the whole thing. You might need that sleeping bag more than anybody else. Yeah, probably. Honestly, probably. Anyway, uh, yeah, once again, Kip Sabian is slated to join us in about 10 minutes. So this is us kind of kind of catching up over the weekend before we uh, we get into the real talk. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of the collision and everything? Someone in the chat said I did. wrestling. There is such a thing, my friend. There is such a thing, brother. I had, I had multiple screens going on Saturday night. I watched all of Collision, actually. And I watched uh, Yuta and... And Shibata from Rampage. I, I watched I watched that. I didn't watch anything else from Rampage. If I need to, somebody please tell me. But I caught the end of that and I caught all of Collision. Like it was on. It was I, I saw it. Uh, I should probably get a little uh maybe deeper into it. But yeah, I, I got it. I saw it. What happened? Uh I mean Adam. <laughs> Your favorite, Adam Copeland, decided that he's uh <laughs> He, he can't do it anymore. He's got he's to take matters into his own hands. He's got he's to flip the, the kill switch by smacking it on its head a few times. <laughs> well, let's talk about Adam Copeland real quick. Your favorite wrestler in the world. Turn, he, he, it's not a turn at all. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a turn. He just got a little more uh, edgy, for, <laughs> to pardon the pun. This is honestly like... I much prefer this over what he was doing for the first almost two months now, because I thought he had lost the plot coming in of like, you have seen this man be a despicable asshole and, and turn children against their, their mothers and everything. And you've seen him bury already dead fathers and you're like, Oh, it's time. It's time to be a tag team. Like, have you not watched any of the programming before then? I thought that was way off of what they wanted to do or what they should have been doing. 
And now he finally is like snapped and is like, all right, if you don't want to, it feels weird of like, he's just doing all this because he wants to team with Christian though. Wasn't that the original point of this? He came into team with Christian and now he's being a jerk to everybody because Christian won't team with him. Basically he's been a, being a big old, big old, big old crybaby bitch about things. And this is the way he's going about it. I'm, I'm a little like, it's not confused or anything. He challenged Christian to a TNT title match on December 6th in Montreal, which is like the perfect place for these two to have a match because the Canadians, of course, but like, this is a hot main event in terms of like Canadian AEW fans going to Montreal to watch a show for the first time. Cause they've never been there. I, I do appreciate that. They're trying to do that. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw Copeland be like, no, nah, you know what? I tried to play nice. And now Christian, I'm just going to beat your ass. Is that, is this a story beat worth doing or, do you think they'll still go back to, I want to be your pal? I think that's the story they kind of had to do after Christian was like, no, what else were they going to do? Just edge trying to continue to reason with him as Christian does all of this, like horrible stuff to everybody. Then I would think like edge, I would continue to call edge a bitch probably. Um, but I, I, I didn't think the story was good when he first came in and they tried to do that. I thought it should have originally been, like, what are you doing? You're out here acting like a jerk and, you know, backhand them. You're like, this is not the the Christian that I know. And, like, do all – and, like, go in and just start beating his ass. I didn't like the sympathetic, like, oh, it's time, it's time. I thought that was stupid to begin with. No, I like the, this little crazy edge of, like, all right, screw all this. Like, you're being a dick. Now I'm going to have to beat this sense into you. Now I'm going to take what you have because you don't want to team with me. But if the end of all this is just them teaming up, I I got I can't I don't got a whole lot of use for an Edge and Christian tag team in 2024 by the time they actually get to it. I just don't. Maybe that's just me. I understand a lot of people are um I understand that a lot of people like the nostalgia of it. Like I I totally get that, but I I don't have time for an Edge and Christian tag team. I get it. There's a nostalgia there that just like the Hardys, it would grow and so many people would be a fan of it. So I kind of, I kind of get that it's inevitable and I think a lot of people would enjoy it. Uh, I, I love that, you know, 2021, Frankie Kazarian is like, I am the bullet club hunter. And now in 2023 to end the, he's, he's basically edge is like the patriarchy hunter. He's going after everyone who's aligned themselves with Christian. That's fine. You know what? I, I want a match of, uh, Adam Copeland. And Nick Wayne. I was about to call him Nick Cage because of the fatherhood. Yeah, uh, Nick Wayne's got to win. That's the thing. Nick Wayne's got to get the dub. And maybe you have Christian get involved a little bit. This is this is the one story where like that sports entertainment shenanigans get the win thing like doesn't hurt it because it just enrages Edge. Sorry, Adam Copeland even more. And then you get to the story in Montreal, and there, I don't even know if. Adam Copeland should win the TNT title there. I still think there's meat on the bone with Christian and with Killswitchosaurus. Like there is a lot that's going on there that could work out, but the match itself, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, Copeland and Cage in WWE didn't have great matches, but they were also 15 years younger at the time. So I would like to see how that looks nowadays. It could be a totally different dynamic. I think it'll be good. Um, sorry, everybody. I think. I'm not the biggest Adam Copeland person. I don't have a lot of time for his matches um, because I I don't always think they're the best structured. 
And but I love Christian, and I think Christian, I think they'll try to make it good. I worry about when Adam Copeland tries to make a match like bigger than it needs to be, because we've seen that a lot. And it does sometimes it doesn't need to be this grandiose thing. Sometimes it needs to live as what it is, and then it's a better match because of it. But I, I do think it'll be good. Christian's great. Copeland, I don't want to come off like I'm too harsh against him. Like he's he's fine. He's fine. I'm just not the person who thinks he's this big top level player that a lot of people like and have memories of. You know what's funny is that uh, I kind of built this thumbnail around my thoughts on the, on watching the spotlight because I'll, I'll just plug it this Thursday. Y'all are not going to want to miss the spotlight because uh, <laughs> CM Punk, <laughs> Steven Jensen has a lot to say about that, and he's already let a lot of it spill on the weekender, and he promises to spill more. So there's your early uh, your your early gift right there. Will Chisholm sent to Super Chat saying Adam Copeland Edge feels like the boyfriend whose ex won't take him back, so he's acting out. There is a bit of that. I get that feeling. How about you? I can see it. He's like, oh, this is your new man. I'm going to ruin this dinosaur. This is this is your sugar daddy. I'm going to ruin this poor kid. I can I can see it a little bit. I hope uh, Mama Wayne kicks him in the dick, though, for for uh, concertoing her son right in front of her. I hope Mama Wayne does not stand for that. Stand up to this man, Mama Wayne. Could you imagine a spot at the end of that match in Montreal? She costs Adam Copeland the match, kicks him square in the dick, and then they go off air or that segment ends with Christian and Buddy Wayne's mom, like, grossly making out. Just tongues all, like, I'm talking, like, Trish and Christian levels of just... (laughs) Uh, She agrees to it. That that is oh yeah, yeah. not to be uh, absolutely consensual and planned, but yes, yes. <laughs> it's acting. Um, <laughs> it is acting. I I hope I have good news. Okay, I like I'm, I'm get, getting stuff. See, we don't have like a producer here on this show. Like when we get on like a Sirius XM or a, a high level radio uh, show, we will one day. We're gonna replace Busted Open. Yes, we, we, will, we will become busted weeds. We open weeds, busted open in the weeds. We're we're never going to replace that show. They they get like actual like wrestler talent to be like co-host and host and stuff. But. We could do that if we tried. Vinny, Wait, what if Marco's just hanging out waiting for a call? I love you, Vinny. I love you. <laughs> what if um? What if they they offered us? They're like we want you. We want you guys to do your show, but it's 12 to 2 now instead of 10 to 2 or 10 to 12. What time do we do this show? 10 instead to of 10 12. to 12. We're, right, we're on right after Busted Open every single day, Joel. I mean, our numbers would be awful, but the money might be better. What? If, I don't know what like they do on SiriusXM. I feel like it's a pretty popular show. It is, but like it's less about their popularity and more about us carry. Like, well, okay, it's like, sorry, folks, y'all are going to be like AEW hater Joel Pearl, but the ratings don't lie. The numbers don't lie. You get a lead in from a syndicated show like Big Bang Theory, and then, you know, the numbers kind of dip, and then sometimes they get up in the last little bit. It, basically, that's what we'd have. Like, they are the Big Bang Theory 
of wrestling, you know, radio, podcasting, whatever. So they'll do their show and then we'll come on. We'll have the first quarter real up and up and then it'll kind of dip throughout because, you so know. So we're AEW? That doesn't seem terrible. We're the alternative. Uh, that, that seems good. I, I know you're. I just want the money. I just want that. Uh, we, we, we've said this before. Jeremy and I do not like wrestling. We just like the money. Um. Yeah. 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 I like wrestling, Joel. Don't don't put that out there. When have I ever said that I don't like wrestling? So if you're watching live, just go back like maybe 15 <laughs> minutes and uh, pay attention to the WrestleCade stories that Jeremy was uh, spinning about his love and hatred for professional wrestling. My point of all of this was we don't have a producer on this show, so, so Joel and I. <clears throat> are oftentimes like trying to do two things at once and, and everything. And so I was in contact with the person who scheduled to join us and uh, fingers crossed. We are, we're, we're good to go. I, I know we're a minute late here, but fingers crossed. We are, we're good to go here very shortly. So uh, if they have the same there. problems that I have with my computer, fully understand it. I know that I know they're looking for someone to do some computer work with them. So are I they? Get- yeah, they put a, in addition to the podcast tweet, they were looking for people to do some uh, some cross branding with some uh, some PC peripherals. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about AEW, not like Kip specifically. No, no, I'm talking about Kip specifically. Oh, okay. I don't think anyone. I don't think he's hanging out in a place at AEW where he can like just. They, they're not running a show on a Monday, so I think he's at home. I, he could be on the road. I don't know, but my 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 money's on him at home, which is whatever comfortable. You don't you don't know their schedule. AEW could be running a show tonight. If they are, then no one's promoted it. Well, maybe that's what Kip's here to do. Our super secret Monday show, everybody. Could you imagine? Actually, there there is a certain charm. That's a very PWG thing to do, where you could just be like, oh, yeah, we're running our mystery Monday show. Uh, that's what we're going to do here. No, no, he's at home. He just popped on. So clearly that means that means he's at home. There's no mystery wrestling show. Kip's got right an away. awesome setup too. That, does. that I see that now why that people fans will see it as they as uh, we bring them on. Do do your bit, Joel. Where if, you get the yeah, if up. he's ready for us and give us a thumbs up. Wonderful. There you go, ladies and gentlemen from AEW. We're very very excited and happy to welcome the one, the only, the final. BTE champion, at least for now. The one and only Kip Sabian joins us now. Hello, Kip. Forever. <laughs> Sorry, lads. I uh, I saw that I could add my own tagline, and it took me like two minutes to come up with total stud. I get that, it. That is uh, how I feel every time I do this show. I always think, of, uh, what's my headline going to be today? And I sit there for like five minutes to try to come up with something. And then get, people get what they get out of it. Fightful overbooked. And look, oh, okay. I mean, I, I just brand it based on where I work, so I don't have to do anything. I had to have like an actual like few minutes of, come on, think of something smart, think of something really cool. And I was like, I'm just a total stud, I guess. Uh, that How, are you smart and cool. How are you doing? We're great. How are you, kid? Thank you for joining Very us. Good. I just had to let the dogs out, so I'm, I'm out of breath. How many dogs do you have and, and what kind? Two. I have a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, who is the most dopiest dog on planet Earth, but she's lovable. And Oscar, who is a papillon. So he's a tiny little boy. If you've seen oh. Mick Foley's dogs, it's the same dogs as Mick Foley. We're going to have to get them to make an appearance if we, if we can. There's I one can grab them at some point. I'll get Liv to, uh, to let them down into my man cave. 
Oh, let's go. I love it. Speaking of your man cave, my goodness, you have one hell of a setup. <laughs> this, <laughs> Thank you. Was this something that was cultivated like during the pandemic? Was this like a, a, a labor of love? Like, how did we get to this point? So during the pandemic, right before it started, I was like, you know what? I always wanted to be a Twitch streamer. I loved watching Twitch, love video games. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. So I started streaming and then the pandemic hit and I was like, well, now I can go all in with the, the streaming run. Uh, excuse the pun. And uh, yeah, it's been a slow development, but we moved into our new house about six months ago. I've been slowly building up this, uh, this collection of my passions. Yeah, I'm seeing everything. I see the, uh, the, all the Star Wars influence, the Marvel influence. I see the, the Green Goblin hat up there. Yo, awesome. Wait, I, I, I got to get the Green Goblin mask real quick. Could you? This no, is probably do. the greatest gift that Liv ever got me. And it's... We have to see this. All right, yeah, this mask. This is this is a green goblin mask that, uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I have a feeling I know what it does, and I think it's going to be as good as it looks. Let's go. Let's see how this. And here looks. he is. Oh, that's wild. It's pretty rad, right? That's crazy. I love it. There's there's so much in that room that's like you got. If you haven't done a full room tour yet, you kind of have to do one for the content. Hey, hey quick plug youtube.com forward slash the kip sabian this channel is starting back up and there is going to be one very soon all right let's go jeremy lambert you're up <laughs> let's talk okay, some wrestles. Let's talk some wrestles well a little bit of wrestling here okay. but one of the recent times we saw you on television i i need to know about this shirtless sleeve look <laughs> that you had going on fashion so i'm glad you brought that up actually so it actually was a rib between the lads so, okay. right. So I randomly decided, you know what? I miss wearing the leather jacket, but I think I need a sleeveless leather jacket now. So I went to the, the, the wardrobe department and I was like, can you just take the sleeves off this jacket for me? Cause you know, I don't want to do it myself. And they were like, yeah, yeah, no worries. So they cut the sleeves off and then I just put the sleeves on thinking, you know what? Let's just make a joke about it. So I put the sleeves on and I'm like, actually, I think this looks kind of good. So I'm like, let me just test this out. So I walked down to the ring where everyone's hanging around the ring. And I was like, is this sexy or not? And 99% of the lads were like, <laughs> it's making me feel things. So I was like, you know what? Let's see if we can make it work. So they, they added like the little strip at the back. And I don't think anyone ever thought I was going to wear it. And then that day I was like, you know what? Screw it. So I just, put it on and pretended it was uh, high fashion. And now it's my usual go-to. <laughs> it was amazing when I, when I saw you and I was like, only, only a few people could pull that off. And you were certainly one of them. Uh, <laughs> I want to know who was the 1% that was like, I don't know about this Kip. I, I'm not feeling anything from it. Who was the, who was the 1% that felt nothing? Cause I have a bone to pick with this person. Oh, I don't know if I can go in uh, like an out, out someone like that, you know what I mean? Well, I think you can, and you should. That's just oh, I don't know, boys. I don't know. We're giving some... Uh, I'll be seeing a bunch of articles saying, Kip Sabian destroys insert person I can't talk about. Actually, to be fair, I'm going to be honest, I can't remember who it was. Because as soon as they said, I'm not sure if it works, I think I just ignored it because I wanted to hear the positive ones. I was probably going to do it either way. But yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying messing around with uh, the, the comedic side that I've always had inside i guess i've got a i've got a question just relating to how we got here you know you had sent out a tweet being like i want to do more 
interviews, more podcasting conversations. Uh-huh. What, like, what got you to that point? Because you know, you you could always do media. You can always get out there. What 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 made you make the change now? I think it was probably. So I'd recently, as I partially mentioned earlier with the YouTube, I uh, I started really putting some time into my streaming again because I'm really enjoying doing that, and I like being able to have that. It's like another level of my fans that I can interact with on a personal level to the point that most of the people that are regularly in my chat or my subscribers or people like that, I pretty much know them on a personal level through the stream now. So I really enjoy that kind of interaction because as you guys are probably aware, the internet wrestling world can be a bit of a, uh, bit of a minefield of, uh, of, of, of different, Different no. responses sometimes. Stop it. No, no, it's not. Stop it. <laughs> so uh, I was like, you know what? I like talking and I really like talking about wrestling. And I know that there's a lot of guys like yourselves that want to talk about wrestling and want to have people on to talk about wrestling. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there and see what response I get. And yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was a, a little bit overwhelming with the amount that I managed to actually get, but thank you to the media department for actually managing to sift through and work everything out for me. I have a full day today. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I just wanted to talk more about wrestling. You know, it's, uh, it's been my life's, my life's work, my life's passion. And the more I can talk about it, the, the more excited I get about it. Well, lately you, you, you know, you were teaming up with Butcher and Blade and then most recently with the work. Oh, I guys. I uh, I, I, let's, let's talk about these teams that you are currently forming trios with. Who, who are you loving working with? Cause I know, like I said, the workhorsemen and Butcher and Blade. Is there anyone else in the back that you're really wanting to, to tie up with? Oh, that's a good question, actually. So the Butcher and Blade thing actually came around completely out of, out of the blue, really, which I'll, let's talk about that. That's fun. Sure. Um, so. Butcher and Blade are two of the nicest human beings on the planet. Like they are literally the nicest human beings, which is crazy considering they look like they would murder you instantly if you just looked at them wrong. So we, over the last, especially during the pandemic, we formed this really strong, like close friendship bond. Uh, and we'd always like, we'd comment on each other's matches and we'd give each other feedback and we'd always be like talking, hanging out outside of the ring. And then when Liv started teaming with Bunny, and they were then having that connection. It was strange because I was aligned with Liv and they were aligned with Bunny. And then when they were teaming together, it was almost like, you know, like when you have those friendships where it's like, it's, uh, I don't know, it's your, it's your, your partner's friend. And then you go to hang out with them. And then you and their significant other have this like, well, I guess we kind of should have be friends at this point. Like, you know, that, that's how all of us work with Sean Ross Sapp. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're all just friends with his partner. And then the rest is, we just, we just work with him. No friends, no actual yeah. friends, no actual friends. Okay. I can believe it. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah. So we just started hanging out more and we became really close friends. And we had this idea where maybe we would end up, you know, doing some stuff together because originally, um, there was there was talk years ago, like within the first year when they came in of the the stuff that I was doing at the time with me, Liv and Jimmy, and then the, them joining us and having like this big unit. And then obviously everything happened and that that got, you know, segued away. And then it was when me and Orange were doing the feud over the all the international championship now, my ad, not the all Atlantic championship. Um 
that we just had this idea of, you know what, he's got all of his friends. I need some kind of backup to really push this story home. And it just was the perfect time. Those guys came and did the jump for me. And since then we just, we just gelled and worked together. Um, the work horsemen, again, I've known those guys since the old South side days in the UK. Uh, we always talk about the fact that the first time I ever met them was in Nando's where we did a South side show and I said hello and shook their hands like you always do, you know, good brother stuff. But we didn't really have much of a conversation and it was a double shot show. So there was an afternoon show and an evening show. And on the, uh, the in between like lunch break, I guess, between we just went to Nando's and we, we became friends at that point. And then I have an in joke with the Drake where for some reason, and I don't know why it's probably some kind of like socially awkward anxiety thing, but I, I call people baby a lot. Baby is one of my go-tos. So I remember going to those boys and I said, hi to Anthony. And I said, what's up, baby? And then I went to Drake and I went, what's up, big baby? And then it was like this moment of like big baby. So now he's big baby to me. So I'm sure he's going to love me for outing this on the, on the show. But yeah, those guys, really good friends. And it was just one of those scenarios where I'm sure you probably understand this. I am, I am a man of many hats, a man of many uh, roles, a man of many talents. And it was just one of those days where they put us together and it gelled. And, you know, I'm, I'm just enjoying trying all these different things out. I want to go back to March of this year where you did team with Butcher and Blade to take on Darby Allen, Sting, oh, and Orange Cassidy. That was uh, Sting coming up on his retirement. Sting's my favorite wrestler of all time. One of hey, the big reasons I am a wrestling fan. So any... Any memories from this match? Any Sting stories? Just wrestling Sting, being in the ring with Sting. Like, what was that whole match like like for you? So when I was a kid, I didn't really understand wrestling too much in terms of the the interpromotional wars, the Monday Night Wars, this kind of stuff. So I was I was watching wrestling, not really taking in that these were two different shows. It was just I was watching it for the wrestling. I knew that I liked Jeff Hardy because he looked cool and he did flips and I just enjoyed watching people fight. And I said to my dad, dad, I really want to go and be in the crowd at a wrestling show. Like I'd love to go. And my cousin and my uncle, uh, they were going to go and see a show. So my dad, not really knowing much about wrestling either was like, ah, let's, let's take him along. So they took me along to this show, me thinking it was a, a WWF show. Uh, and I turn up and I didn't really recognize anyone. And I was really confused as to why the guys that I'd seen weren't on the show. And it was a WCW live event. So, so at that show, my uncle bought, uh, my cousin a like, you know, those foam, the foam belts they sell on the merch stands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A sting, a sting championship belt. And I didn't get one and I was heartbroken. It destroyed me. And then. About three weeks later, my dad bought me this belt and I still have it actually. And it's uh, the miniature sized version of the World Heavyweight Championship with Sting written on it. So I've had that. That was like my first piece of like wrestling memorabilia, I guess, was this Sting belt. So from that point onwards as, as a child to then now getting to wrestle Sting was just unreal. And he is so good especially at this age, he's so good and he just wants to wrestle. And for me as a wrestler, the one thing that I respect more than anything 
is not just like the body of work that people have done. It's how they, they treat wrestling. And he's still so excited to wrestle. He's coming up with all these different ideas and these spots and he just wants to go. Whereas Sting being as, you know, decorated as Sting is, he could literally just walk through the curtain, stand on the, the tag rope, wait for a hot tag, come in and do a couple of clotheslines and a body slam and people would still be happy. But he doesn't want to do that. He wants to go out and do all of these different crazy spots to show that he's still, you know, working at that level. I think my favorite story from that match though is Sting being the one that wanted to do Orange Cassidy spots. <laughs> which I think was the most amazing thing ever where I'm climbing to the top to go and do a top rope maneuver, draw it out of the bag and Sting does the slow roll to one side and then I move over and then he does the slow roll to the other side. And it was so hard not to just cry laughing and just, you know, explode with excitement because it's just, it's such a surreal moment that I think you can't really be a wrestler without being a wrestling fan, in my opinion. You can do it, but I think the fans can tell it's false. Do you know what I mean? So you have those moments where you have to remind yourself of like, I get to work with Sting, you know? I get to work with Dean Malenko, who's like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. You know what I mean? Having that on hand for advice and feedback and when they, you know, they support you and tell you, you know, how good you are. That's, that's such a big like moment that you kind of have to pinch yourself sometimes, which I don't think a, a lot of wrestlers will talk about because we all have this egocentric persona that we have to put off of like, I'm on the same level as these guys, but Dean Malenko, you know what I mean? You've, you've got to have that, that spark in wrestling. So yeah, the match with Sting was amazing. I've got to do it with a bunch of my heroes, which is, you know, Tick that off the list. I've, I've, I've got a list that I'm not going to go through with you guys that I'm very close to finishing of guys I wanted to work, which is pretty rad. Is there anyone notable that's still on that list? Uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Okay, let's go. Motor City Machine Guns and Kota Ibushi. Oh, and Kota, okay. Oh, I've, okay. Just given you my, I've pretty much given you my list. Damn. <laughs> look, look at that. We just got there it. it is. Well done. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and Motor City Machine Guns. Okay, we we gotta we gotta get your tag partner to tag out take on Motor City Machine Guns. Who are you gonna take? I'll 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 take Will Osprey and we'll reunite our our, our youth our youth tag team Mile High. <laughs> there you go. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing in January in Vegas? You uh, you can get loaned out for a weekend. I got uh, I got some time for y'all. <laughs> hey, you know. Hey, you know. uh, let's talk about the box. I know everyone wants to talk about the box. Oh yeah. Was it ever lonely just hanging out out there for a little bit, wearing the box and, you know, people kind of walking by, not knowing what to do with you? Did you ever feel like this wasn't going anywhere? Because you were coming off of injury. You were, you know, you're standing outside with the box. I saw you at the first Grand Slam and some people had noticed you and they were taking photos with you. But like you're standing there. What's, what's the feeling when you're just standing outside wearing a box on your head? So it was probably, and it's weird to say this after like 15 years of wrestling, but it's probably one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. It was, it was, it was, it was therapy. Let's call it therapy because we've talked about this before. So it's not like it's any new news, but during that time I was, I was in a very dark place before then. Um, there was a lot of things that had gone on outside of the ring. Um, obviously, um, me and Penelope had, why do I say Penelope? That's so weird. Me and Liv, uh, we'd had the miscarriage and we were in a very dark place with that. Um, obviously I'd come back from this injury that I was out a lot longer than I thought I'd be out. 
um, because of how bad my shoulder was. Um, so I, I had wrestled since I was 16. And I think the longest amount of time I'd been away from a wrestling ring was maybe like two or three weeks in that entire period. So to go from, you know, 10, I can't remember the time frame, but 10 years of not really being away from wrestling to now having like 12 months away from wrestling is what I was expecting to do was hard. And I was sitting at home and I was watching the show every week. And I don't know if that was the right move because when you're unable to do anything, like you're, you're not able to do anything. It's really hard to like watch something that you're so passionate about knowing that you can't do it for an extended amount of time. I'm a big Shia LaBeouf fan. I think he's an amazing actor, one of the best actors of most generations, to be honest. And he did a stunt when he was going a little bit, little bit, you know, kooky, where he put a bag on his head and it said, I'm not famous anymore. And it was for the, the red carpet of Nymphomaniac. And it was this weird life art stunt. And then he did a couple of like, like art, life art stunts in this paper bag. He did the, the one where people would, would go into this room that was just filled with his things individually. And he was just sitting there with a bag on his head and they were there for 10 minutes and did whatever they wanted to, you know, interact with him. And then they left and it was just this weird life art stunt. And I was like, I need something creative because I'm losing my mind. So I thought, you know what? All Out 2021 was coming up. I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do this life art stunt because also with wrestling, it's so easy to get left behind. It's so easy to be forgotten. And that was my fear too. We did the angle with Miro and then a week later, there's no mention of any of that. And I was like, at that point, you know, your brain starts turning. And I was, I was pretty, you know, annoyed about that. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd given myself up to have him, you know, attack me. So I had a reason to go away for surgery. And then now we've forgotten about what happened. And it started to really mess with me. So I was like, I need an outlet for that. So I created this idea, went to All Out 2021. It wasn't going to be a box. It was going to be a bag. But the driver, Shane, who I have to give credit for, for the box, was driving me to the uh, the meet and greet, the the signing, the convention. And I was like, man, I need a, a paper bag. I had a tuxedo on. I need a paper bag. He goes, okay. So we'd go in all these stores. No one had a plain paper bag, which is crazy to me. We finally go in UPS around the corner. And I'm like, have you got a brown paper bag? And they go, no, but we've got a box. And I was like, okay, do you have a box that will fit a human head? And they look at me like... Fortress words, Kip. Why is this man asking for a box that will fit a human head? And they go, uh, maybe, maybe this one. I'm like, okay. So they give me this box and I put it on my head and I go, yeah, that'll do. Do you have a box cutter? And this, no word of a lie, the woman behind the counter literally just looked at me mortified. Like, and she goes, uh, yeah. And just hands me this box cutter. And I go, thanks. Walk over. Try and guess where the eye holes are going to be, which is why they were like weirdly like, I don't know, strange, you know, shaped eye holes. Cut them out, bought a pack of Sharpies, taped the box up, went out. And I'm in the car and I'm trying to write stuff down. And I was like, man, do I do I'm not over anymore instead of I'm not famous anymore? 
And then to be honest, I had a moment of realization went, to be honest, mate, you weren't really that over to start with. So I can sense the jokes that are going to come from this. So let's think of something different. So I was like, I think I'm underrated, which I still do. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll die on that hill. And at that point I was over it. I was sick and tired of it. So underrated over it. I went there. I decided to do it silently just so people didn't really know what was going on. I signed all these old pictures from CVS that I'd bought. I just printed off my own pictures. I was crossing my face out and writing random little like creepy messages. You know, time doesn't heal. It changes you and all of this kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, it just slowly developed. I kept doing the meet and greets. Uh, TK was fine with me doing it. I, I pitched it as, I can give the fans something that they're not going to get from the show. They're having this extra interaction outside of the ring now. So it's its own little, you know, it's its own little reason to come to these shows and have these little experiences. And you had people that had no idea who I was because they didn't really follow me on my social media or anything like that. Then you had the people that knew. So they were in on the, in on the joke. So then they started to be like, Oh, I know what's going on now. And it slowly started to develop. I started putting myself in the crowd. I started moving further forward. Eventually I was hard cam for all these. It's kind of crazy to think of all the moments that you see me standing behind that as a fan, you'd go, Oh, I think they're going to do something between these guys. And that's all I wanted. I wanted to keep some kind of, you know, buzz going behind that. So I wasn't completely forgotten. And it helped me mentally because it gave me a creative outlet to focus everything into, if that makes sense. Also, I have the ability to ramble constantly. Uh, Twitch streams do that for me. So I also have ADHD. So I do go off track quite regularly. So you'll have to rein me back in. That's usually what my, uh, what my Twitch team do for me. Well, that's oh, fun. you are. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've heard you mention Shia LaBeouf before taking inspiration from yes. him. And it, and it got me curious of like any other actors or television shows or movies that you've kind of like found inspiration in to bring into the world of professional wrestling. Lost Boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it, yes. my, my yeah. Keith Sutherland, Lost Boys, Homine, <laughs> yep. Love Letter. Um, I'm a big Lost Boys fan. I'm a big horror movie fan. Uh, the box also inspiration came from Michael Myers. The whole silent being in the background. The viewers know I'm there, but the person that's in shot doesn't know I'm there. It's like that. Like Halloween is my favorite horror movie of all time. I love horror movies. And it's my favorite horror movie because they didn't rely on just gore and slasher and like the easy stuff. It was probably the first horror movie that used that psychological horror of we as the viewer, we know he's there, but they don't know he's there. Like you know, the scene in the wardrobe, the scene behind the the bushes, like stuff like that. So I tried to incorporate that into the box gimmick. Um, I, talking of Sting, me and Sting had a great chat before that match where I came to realize that he sees wrestling how I see wrestling, where you draw inspiration from like other other forms of art. So like, you know, Joker Sting drawn from Joker, you know? He took a lot of things, but then molded it into his own version. You had, you know, The Crow, which was a massive sting inspiration there. I think wrestling mimics other art, but in a different form because we have more tools to use to do it. So pretty much everything in wrestling, I think I draw from other avenues to get inspiration from. But yeah, Lost Boys at the moment, I'm a big Lost Boys fan. Um, musicians, artists, uh, you know, at the moment with the whole like sex idol shtick uh it's very you know 80s british 
Billy Idol, uh, like that kind of, you know, sex pistol, that, that kind of like, you know, sexy rock and roll vibe. Um, yeah, I think, I think the best wrestling is drawn from these kind of other forms of artwork. Okay. We, so Kip, you and I have a little bit of heat. I, uh, I am yeah. based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I am, yeah. um, however, from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Oh, I see. What the hell is hey, this? Let's go, Lee. <laughs> what are we doing hey, here? Why hey, am like the rest of us? Right. So I am a I am a very strange sporting fan. My teams are very different. So I'm a Leafs fan. Uh, I'm a Raptors fan. I'm an Eagles fan. Which, talking of Philly and the the sleeveless jacket situation, was probably the most soul destroying moment of my life to go to <laughs> Philly. And then I have to, you know bury the sports teams as a, as a dastardly villain that I am. And, uh, it, it was hard. It was hard guys. It was really hard. Um, Leafs. So my older brother, uh, is 11 years older than me, 12 years older than me. Jason, I'm really sorry that I forgot your, uh, your exact age difference. But, um, so he's lived in Canada pretty much my whole life. So, he, when I was younger, he went to university in Canada because his mum is from, is Canadian. So he had dual citizenship. So he lived with us when I was a baby child. And then he moved there for university and he met his wife over there. And then he stayed in Canada and would, you know, come over and see us. So when I was younger growing up, he would send me Maple Leafs jerseys. He'd send me Raptors jerseys. He'd send me Blue Jays jerseys but i mean i don't really like baseball i've 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 still not managed to come over to the baseball world i get very bored very quick um but yeah so he would send me these jerseys and then as i got older i would try and watch leafs games from the uk which is really hard because of the time difference so i was having to like you know illegally stream them on my phone at like 2 a.m or whatever time it was uh so i would watch you know, Leafs games in that regard, but it's more just a, it's more of a homage to my brother, I guess, why I'm a, I'm a Leafs fan. Um, and also the jerseys are super comfortable and I'm all about comfort in my, in my elder years. Well, I get that. I do. Listen, at least being a Leafs fan, like it sets you up for like years of understanding disappointment. So that's very true. It's, it's a very, hey, it's a very good I can go back and watch Ty Domi fights and that's all I want to do. That's fine. That's, you know what? This is what got me into hockey. I honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest hockey fan on earth. I will occasionally watch the games, but I'm not like a diehard hockey fan. And I think it's because fighting got penalized more that I started to be like, well, now I can't watch the hockey fights. So why don't I just watch people fighting instead? But Ty Domi was my guy. I had a little cushion, uh, uh, a pillow that was like a Ty Domi jersey when I was younger. Love Ty Domi. Oh, some place for the team now. So there you go. <laughs> uh kip we have all in coming up next year oh yeah wembley, baby wembley stadium pre-sale tickets are on sale today today general public today. tickets on sale yeah. december 1st let's go let's manifest let's throw something out there what is kip sabian doing at all in 2024 wrestling there you, that's all we need <laughs> will osprey kip sabian main event aw hey, championship. i'm we'll gonna go, put it out we'll there right now for you guys i've actually beaten will osprey more times than will osprey's beating me there you go i beat will osprey the match before he went to wrestle Kushida for the iwgp junior heavyweight championship the last match before he went away was against me and i beat him so will owed one 
That's my claim to fame right there. Yes. Now I'm super excited about it. I mean, the last time we were there, it was, it was so great to be back in the UK. And I know that the UK fan base was just clamoring for AEW for a long time waiting. Obviously the pandemic really slowed everything down with, you know, that kind of setup and things like this. I'm, I have no idea, but I'm pretty certain we probably would have been over sooner than that because the fan base is so strong. And obviously it, it went to show it when we completely packed Wembley damn stadium, which is, it's a pretty tall order to pack something like that for the first show. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited for us to go back again this time. Hopefully your boy will be wrestling as an Englishman. Um, I would be lying if I wasn't somewhat, you know, there was a little bit of a, a, a break in my small shriveled heart, not wrestling on the first show, but I had a really fun time doing the, the, uh, pre-show with Renee. Um, that was again, another feather in my hat for doing that as well, which was, I just want to learn everything about wrestling that I can. And that was a really fun situation to be in. And also, you know, me and me and big Paul, we're, we're good buddies. We're very good buddies. He, he gives me, uh, he gives me books that I should read. He's, he's, he's very knowledgeable is big Paul. And, uh, he definitely wants to be in a tag team with me, but you know, I don't know if I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can carry big Paul. No, I'm joking. All Called all names. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the, the super, super, super show. The, oh. the, the, the no more B sex idol. Uh, I like that. The giant, the giant, and the the the. I don't know if the giant and the savior, the the giant and the Sabian is the. That's, is that, that anything? D- David, uh, <laughs> David and G- Goliath, bad. <laughs> Super David and Big Goliath. You had it here first, folks. Super David <laughs> and Big Goliath coming soon. We'll work oh, out. Yes. Sex giants, a lot of sex giants. Oh, sex giants. That, yeah. oh. There we that, go. That gave, me, yeah, that gave me feelings. That gave me feelings. <laughs> that did sex giants. Uh, Kip, as we start to wind down, and thank you, you've been very generous with your time. We have a little game we like to play here. It's called cool. Partner Promo or Punch in the Face. It is a game where I give you three wrestlers, and you're going to pick which one you tag team with, which one you have a promo segment with on the microphone, and which one you want to punch in the face in a singles competition. This edition is former BTE champion. So here we go. Partner promo punch in the face. Sammy Guevara, John Silver, Christopher Daniels. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, partner Christopher Daniels because Christopher Daniels is the reason I'm sitting here right now. Uh, he was the person who, who you know, gave me the shot in Ring of Honor that helped me get to this point. So Christopher Daniels is my tag team partner. I also stole his Arabian Moonsault. Uh, oh. Promo, I'm going to say... So am I promoing against this person? Yes. You're one-on-one. As deep as I want to bury them in a promo. There you go. Uh, Sammy Guevara, I'm going to promo against because I'm going to bury Sammy because I beat him in the first match. Uh, And then... I don't want to punch John in the face, but I'm going to have to punch John in the face. Everybody always has to... Sorry, John. My bad. So it's basically like, you know, F-word, marry, kill, but like a wrestling version. Yeah, because you can't really have that game with other wrestlers that you respect and like, and you know, it's a different story. So we do partner promo punch, punch in the face. It's good. 
it's, uh, it's oh, more God. people put this game right over he started this thing on a whim and like everyone likes it and i don't like that people like it i need people to I, like bury I, one of my favorite icebreakers that i try and do with people because unless i'm like you know in in that mind space social anxiety is a thing that i i will have you know it's the way it is uh i like the uh two truths and a lie two truths and a lie is one of my favorite yeah. icebreaker games to play because you always find out some really weird things about people in those games <laughs> yeah no i'm gonna give you a point for that game that was a good game ricocheting page it. called it a card game so here we go <laughs> yeah we're gonna take it over it's gonna happen jeremy it's gonna, it's gonna be oh, i know it's a it's upsetting Kip, this I, I, I want to feel this game and then and then don't give you credit for it <laughs> listen it's that reddit meme where someone says i made this and then the next frame it's like i made this we'll call it the joel game there you go we'll call it the joel game there you sure go. why not i'm gonna change it it's gonna be the joel game now kip i, I want to put you over because i i don't think people put each other over enough when they're when they're doing these interviews we, we talk about each other we have flowers after you know time passes and stuff so i want to give you some flowers on just putting yourself out there and doing stuff like this. I I've said this before of like, if you're not on TV or you're not being used in a, in a certain way, like there are other ways to help out and there are other ways to do things. And you've mentioned, you want to try to wear many hats. You, you're doing pre-show uh, with, with Renee and everything. You're, you're trying to do anything you can doing interviews, doing media is a way to just get out there, put over yourself, put over the promotion. And like that stuff looks good. So I appreciate that you put yourself out there of like, Hey, I want to do interviews anybody out there hit me up and like that's just a way to be helpful and show value in a different way so i respect it that you did that. i appreciate that for coming no on i appreciate the show that well. very much i appreciate it very much i mean if you guys ever want to do anything else you just let me know i appreciate it kip thank you let everybody know where they can find you uh, on on socials or on twitch and all that stuff yep so you uh every social is the kip sabian um and my Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash the Kip Sabian. I'm actually going live later today once I've done my media, my media appearances. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash the Kip Sabian. Uh, I, I have a TikTok, but I don't run it. My brother does. So enjoy. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the socials. Uh, you can buy this t-shirt at shopaw.com. It's probably the coolest shirt ever. Uh, that's my face right here looking very mean. Uh, and it says my name in this corner with Embrace the Change. Beautiful hair on the shirt and just in, in real life as well. Just beautiful hair. Go for the hair all all through the interview in the chat. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank thanks. you, thank you so much, Kip. Thank you. Right, for thank you guys us. for having me. Of course. You, enjoy the rest of your day. Good luck with you everything, too. and we look forward to seeing you wrestling, beating Will Osprey for the title at All In next year. Hey, you called it, TK. Book it. There we book go. There we go. Thank you, Kip. Thanks, guys, the one and only Kip Sabian, ladies and gentlemen. Good, oh. good time. What a great, what a great chat. Oh, Kip! I knew Kip would be a lot of fun. I've listened to a lot of Kip interviews um, over the past since he's been been kind of doing them uh, since he's been back, and he's always very personable, very like honest about things. And like, hey, he's he's a good interview. So I knew the interview would go well, and I did want to tell him on air that like. I appreciate that he goes out there and he wants to get himself out there because there's different ways to show value if you're not being used on television consistently. And I think doing media, doing interviews is a big way to do that. So I hope the right people take notice of things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So again, we, we thank him for, for joining us. We hope he has a fun media day. And uh, who knows? Listen, we made uh, we made comments about you know us becoming the new Busted Open and maybe, uh, maybe Kip Sabian's going to be our, our next guy because he seems to be 
all all in, pardon the pun, on wanting to come back and hang out with us. So let's go. People love the partner promo punch. I can't stand it. Uh, I did not think this would get uh, I didn't think <laughs> the traction it's getting, Jeremy. I put the work in. I didn't know what because I was looking at ideas for Kip and I was like, what do I want to I, I usually try to look for hometown or people they haven't faced or whatever. And like the only person that's from the the hometown that he's built from is Big F and Joe. And I'm like, I run the risk of him being like, who's Big F and Joe? Because him and Joe are about the same age. Joe might be a little older, but like Big F and Joe's just not just he's he's a deathmatch wrestler on the indies. He's known in CZW. He's done a couple of GCW shots. But like other than that, I don't know if Kip is going to know. So I was like, you know what? We made references to the BTE title. We're going to do BTE champions. And I had a hard time trying to figure out which of the BTE champions I wanted to pick because I could have picked Trent. I could have picked Matt Lee. I could have picked a lot of them. But I was like, no, this is a Motley crew right here. Let's go. Sammy Guevara had to be a part of it because it's Sammy. And he's synonymous with the BTE title for, for a moment in time. It was a good time. Really, really good chat. Really, really enjoyed Kip. Uh, just, yeah, really good, really good conversation. He put over Dean Malenko, which my wife was thrilled about. She's a big Dean Malenko fan. He's wonderful. Um, I I didn't get to say this on the air. I might send him a DM later just think because his DMs are open. Um, He did make reference to to the dark times in his life. He did mention the miscarriage that uh, he and and his wife. I love that he calls her Liv on the air. And, like, none of us really made the attempt to just be like, oh, by the way, he's talking about his wife, Penelope Ford. Um, Because not everyone knows. But anyway, uh, he he mentioned the miscarriages. And and that is something that I think a lot – of um, a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, do handle and do deal with. Um, I will tell you, we did. My my wife and I, we dealt with miscarriages, and and it sucks, and it really takes a, a toll, um, and it, it's a difficult time. So when he came out with that information and told that story a little while back, you know, immediately my my reaction was like, holy shit! Like you just want to give them a big hug. So um, listen, all the power to them coming out and being open and honest about stories like that because a lot more common than people really understand and really think so sending sending love to uh to live and kip over that uh, that story as well yeah it's uh i i didn't want to bring anything up about that on air for for obvious reasons I, i'm you know he he referenced it um but yeah i i've never gone through that uh with, with my partner or anything but i know it's i don't want to i don't want to say it's common but we've had instances of it recently in wrestling between Penelope and, and Carmella um, that is very, it's tough. And, you know, I can't imagine going through something like that. So yeah, best wishes to Kip and Penelope for, for everything with, uh, with their, their future and, and hopefully children in the, in the future. Yeah. All right. We got to get into it. <laughs> We got to talk about it. We promised we would. We're an hour and 10 in. Uh, Kip was very generous with his time. We thought we'd do like yes. 20 minutes. He ended up doing over a half hour with us, which was wonderful. Gave a lot of good stories. Speaking of good stories, Survivor Series goes off the air. Or does it? CM Punk's music hits. The crowd goes wild. CM Punk is back in WWE. How how last minute was this? Well, WWE socials are still using a 10-year-old render of CM Punk to promote his appearance tonight on the show, at least on their socials. Um, I, uh, Jeremy was on with Kate and I last night as we were talking about it and stuck around for, for the entirety of the show. Some of it we talked about with Punk. Now we'll take a more, I guess, news-based uh, approach to how we, uh, how we came about with Punk. Um, if you want the, the entertainment and jokey joke, which we'll do too here, but in a different route, uh, then you can watch last night's Kate and Joel uh, and Jeremy and Sean at one point as well. And 
there were a lot of people on the air. So punk, um, Jeremy, I'll give you my kind of feeling as we, as I was watching the show and I gave it last night, I'll say it again. They do the Randy Orton tease. Is he going to show up? We haven't heard from him. We don't know. And I said, okay, well, they're setting themselves up for something that could be detrimental if they don't kind of answer for it soon. And then they got about three quarters into the show and they get just before the main event. And they're like, we still haven't heard from him. And I'm like, oh no, they got punk. That's just the general, like in the pit of my stomach. I'm like, I think they actually got him because you can't let the crowd get that wound up and not deliver at that point. I wasn't like, oh my God, it's happening. I was just kind of like, oh, this is interesting. They're really going to tug on the heartstrings and the feelings of everyone watching and everyone in the building to the point where they're chanting CM Punk and they're excited for something to happen. And at that point, if you didn't pay it off, that would be Vince McMahon is back levels of conversation. Instead, they did the Triple H takeover special, which I appreciated. They show up the the copyright on the bottom. And I'm like, oh, they're doing it. They had the big wide shot of the audience, and you got Cody's theme, and they're celebrating in the ring. And I'm like, oh no, they're they're they got him. They're doing it. And then music goes, my heart leaps out of its chest, and I'm like, oh, they got him. It's happening. CM Punk walks out. Crowd erupts. It's Chicago. It's a big moment. It's a huge moment. It was fun to watch. Now the reality sinks in. What does this mean for the company? What does this mean for, for talent? What does this mean for everything coming up and everyone's feelings are currently in their feels? People's feelings are in their feels, Jeremy Lambert. So let's talk about it. What was your initial reaction when this all started up and went down? I didn't think that they had him. I When they were doing the teases, I legitimately was just like, yeah, they're doing this so Randy doesn't have to be in the shark cage. And so the first time they see him is the big music pop. Here he comes. And I was like, yeah, that, and then that made more sense when they tried to do the mid cash in, because if Randy's in the cage and you know, he's there, you're not doing the mid cash in for that. So the whole, he's not there was to set up all of that, that I never thought this was a, a setup for punk. I understand that, people um you know they got the chance when in the backstage segment and then they got the chance during the match but they were drowned out relatively quickly by booze they didn't go on very long or anything like that i never thought it was a setup for a cm punk thing it's like this is all set up for randy this is what they told you you were getting that's what you got i don't know why unless you set your expectations which as we say on the show they speculate don't expect like unless you set your expectations, then they never said anything about CM Punk. This was all a setup for what they wanted to do with Randy. My mood on it changed when I checked Twitter right after the match and I saw Sean Ross Sapp tweet, my stance has changed. They just cleared out people in the back. And then I put my phone down because I didn't know where my feed was in conjunction to anybody else's. You know, sometimes you can be a couple seconds behind. And I was like, oh, okay. I Now I think it's actually happening because Sean ain't putting that unless, uh, uh, unless he knew he was there, unless he'd been told he was there. So I was like, oh shit, this could actually be happening. And then they do the wide shots. They they do the off-air thing, and then you hit the music, and there he is, old old Phil, Philip, coming out. It's not as big as the 2021 return. That one was something like monumental and special and amazing. It's probably more surreal 
though, because after all he said about WWE, uh, even up until last year, even like in promos or last, it was last year when Vince stepped down and Punk was like, nothing's changed over there. Just because Vince is gone, that doesn't mean anything's changed. Like it's still the same people in charge. That's changed a little bit over the past year, but like he's still not been team WWE until I guess he wanted to make amends earlier this year because he was on suspension from AEW. It was very surreal to see him and actually show up and be part of the, the WWE machine again. And now, now it's a big old game of what happens next. And we can do a lot of fun fantasy booking that may or may not come to fruition or, uh, you know, it could all blow up in two. My, my wife had a very funny text last night to me uh, when we discovered that Raw was going to be in Cleveland um, December 11th. And I was like, oh, we should probably go to this. And she's like, yeah, we got to go. It might be the last time we get to see CM Punk before he ruins everything. It's like, it's true, right? Like, you don't know when it's going to happen if it happens. I would like to think... Let me get your thoughts on it on it first, Joel. Like, where do you think Punk fits in in this landscape? And do you trust that we got a gentleman's bet with Andrew Zarian, which is like five dollars? He gave me eighteen months. I took it because I feel pretty good about my odds at eighteen months. Like, if we get an eighteen month CM Punk run, I'll gladly hand over five dollars on that. But like, eighteen months is what Zarian gave me. Like, what do you th- what do you think happens in this current landscape with CM Punk? So first of all, uh, two things. One, I got to bring this up because I, I know it's a little off topic, but because we had Kip on, uh, Booker T calling Penelope Ford Penelope Ford is always yeah, Penelope, going to be yeah. the funniest thing to me in all of existence. And I'm sure she had a good time with that too. Uh, the other thing, by the way, you can get your super chats in and, and get your say on this conversation because I know a lot of people have a lot of different feelings. Mine is very much that the WWE machine is very different from the AEW machine. That's not a bad thing. That's not a good thing. That's just the reality of how the two companies operate. When AEW came and had, when, when CM Punk came to AEW, the idea was that CM Punk is the draw that's going to bring AEW to the next level. Therefore, they're going to put a lot of their eggs in the CM Punk basket. Totally understandable totally warranted in terms of the the draw that punk is the merchandising the uh, just the media the storm he creates whatever it is there's something to cm punk as a draw you cannot deny that with wwe they've spent so much time for better or worse making wwe the draw and a lot of their wrestlers their superstars are they are they're drawing in their own way But at the end of the day, it's still an ensemble cast. CM Punk is not WWE's, you know, Hail Mary approach. This is a a fan service hire in certain regards. Once Punk was gone from AEW, the rumors started going, you know, Chicago and Survivor Series. It would make sense, blah, blah, blah. Have some fun. And I think that, you know, at first WWE is like, do we need to? And then it kind of became, well, let's do it. They can ice CM Punk at any time. If things happen for two reasons, one, they're not afraid to let people go if it gets that far. And the other thing is that they are a WWE is very easy to 
change things on the fly, whether that's appearances or uh, creative or anything like that. You know, we talk about how how AEW deals with pivoting creative when there are injuries, when there are suspensions, when there's anything going on. WWE is very quick to be like, all right, well, we're going to go with plan B because plan A isn't working, even though plan B might not be what we want to do. And maybe we'll come back to plan A. But if it takes off again, there's sometimes it feels like there's a little more creative leeway with WWE when they when they're working on something. Now with Punk, if he comes in and honestly, I you don't even need to focus on him as much as he did in AEW because you have so many other people who are making up your show and are making your show a big deal. So if Punk isn't, you know, drawing or you don't need him every single week, then you don't need him every single week. If that makes him happy to like hang out at home, be with his wife and his dog and just like, you know, go talk about wrestling with Lars Fredrickson for three hours, then fine, go ahead and do it. Like there, there should be no onus on WWE to make punk their major attraction unless they're building to a WrestleMania main event with him. At that point, he can then after mania, assuming it's not a title match, he can then buzz off until summer, have a few months off. This is, He's at that age is CM Punk where you can just come on in, do be an attraction, be the next Brock Lesnar like attraction. He might hilarious. not. And, and that is hilarious because now people are going to call him a giant hypocrite if that's what happens. And then there's the other conversation, Jeremy, and that is what happens when the Saudi, the next Saudi show comes up, which is presumably going to be after WrestleMania because they're not going in February. They're going to Australia. And then in the summer in, into the fall, they're going to be in Berlin in May. They're going to be in France. So the next Saudi show, it, it might not be until, you know, a few weeks after WrestleMania. And at that point, either Punk goes or Punk says, and he stands on what he said since the beginning, which is I'm not going. And I know he's he's used much harsher language than that. He either doesn't go and people say, okay, you rest on your laurels. You Not rest. You, you stand on what you believe in and that's good. Or he goes and the match that they have to have at that point is against The Miz. And I mentioned this on Sunday. There is a built-in story around going to Saudi with him and The Miz. This is a very long way around, uh, Jeremy, of me saying Punk and WWE can work because the atmosphere and the system is very different than AEW. Period. End of sentence. I'm with you on that. I'm... I think things will be okay. I'd like to be optimistic about it. Um, like during his time in WWE, before everything happened, there were obvious frustrations that he let out in a podcast that no longer exists. Like even when he was featured heavy and stuff, he talked about the frustrations. That's general everyone in WWE though, right? Like Seth Rollins is a good company man and he seems to have a happy, healthy relationship with WWE. He has admitted his frustrations during various times. I think people might hold that against Punk now because of so much that has happened afterwards of like, see how unhappy he was then, see how unhappy he was with this. It's like, yeah, he probably wasn't happy that he had to drop the title to The Rock and they did Rock and Cena when he thought he should have been part of that main event. Like, I get that, honestly. Like, this is just general creative frustration that like everyone in that company has when you want to be the top guy, and at that moment, you are not the top guy. That's wrestling. 
right? The AEW stuff was a different level. He got into physical altercations in AEW. It was a completely different level. It never happened in WWE. Yeah, there's stories of like, oh, Punk was a jerk here. Punk did this. Punk was unhappy with this. Again, I think those are a little sensationalized now or people want to sensationalize them now because of everything that has happened in the aftermath. Because, But if you just look at him as like, hey, it's not CM Punk with this reputation. It's just general wrestler who is sometimes unhappy, sometimes prickly, and then moves on and has a better day type of thing. Um, you know, I hope that... I hope he does come in with a chip on his shoulder. He should. Honestly, he should. That's what made CM Punk CM Punk, right? It's not... People don't like CM Punk because he's like, everything's great, guys. I love it here. Like, they like CM Punk because he does have the chip. He does feel like he was being held down or he's the guy who's not going to make it type of thing. That's what made him him. He should have a little chip on his shoulder from the AEW stuff. Like, he... A lot of that was his fault. I I don't make any bones about that. A lot of that was his fault. But he should. He should have this chip because of what he wanted AEW to be and what he could not make AEW for various reasons. And now he's got this chip of like, okay, they wouldn't give me this, this, and this, even though they gave me a world title run. They gave me my own show. I did a bunch of stuff that I shouldn't have done. But they wouldn't give me this, this, and this. Now I'm going to come to WWE, and I'm going to try to do what I can to to make the most and prove AEW wrong type of thing, which is very weird to say because AEW is the underdog company or the second company anyway. So it's like, all right, you're going to put down the second company. You don't need to reference AEW or anything like that. But he should have a little bit of chip on his shoulder. I think things will be fine until they are not. And what I mean by until they are not is it's going to rub people the wrong way. It's going to rub people the wrong way in... I, I think Seth is working, by the way, everybody. I don't know about Drew. I know Drew did the promo last night at the live event, but... Drew's a pro. They got a lot of pros in WWE. That doesn't mean that there ain't frustrations and stuff, though, right? Like, there, there's going to be frustrations. And it's I think job. the punk... Sorry, it's a yeah. job. Any job that you do, you are going to have frustrations, whether that's, you know, working retail, working food service, working in a high-end job. Like, stresses and just life gets into it. It's just, Wrestling is just this weird place that people think that everything is super serious all the time. Yeah, it is. Um, hold on. Uh, while you're doing that, I just want to point out. So this is a good point on the on the Saudi stuff. Uh, Jorge says even if he does go, he can always donate the money to a cause like Sammy, and that's what uh, most of Ali would do. Is that he would find a different charity to donate every time they went to Saudi Arabia. He donated to Water.org. He had donated money to various charities um, when he would appear on those shows. So yeah, Punk could easily do that and just be like, I'm giving it to the to animal hospitals all over the world or whatever charities he deems. Um, relatable or useful for the cause so that that is a that is a very good point but that's up to him to put out there okay sorry i had to handle something no uh, in the chat um so everything's good with cm punk until it's not and what i mean by that is kind of similar to cody people like cody 
people people love Cody. Cody has never had a history of any type of certainly no physical altercations with, with anybody and stuff. But who was frustrated that, that Cody came in? A guy like Seth Rollins, who had worked for an entire year, and then but Cody gets the main event spot. And Seth is like, you know, I should have been in a main event spot. That's just the general frustrations, right? Drew McIntyre, contract coming up, doesn't have a new contract. CM Punk comes in, probably getting a lot of money. And Drew was like, wait a second, why am I not going to get some uh, some money off of this? You know, like, why? why where's my cash at? I've been here every single year type of thing. Um, so you, you can understand the frustrations that comes with that. Uh, and I think that's naturally going to happen in WWE. It's just, it's naturally going to happen because that's just the nature of the business. You know, CM Punk's going to come in. He's going to take a spot. People are going to think that's my spot. That's my money. And then they're going to be naturally frustrated with that. The, the biggest thing is making sure those frustrations don't boil over into fist fights backstage. So, and again, this is, um, a difference between WWE and AEW is, and I, I hearken back to this. I said it last night, Aubrey Edwards saying we're a small family. We wear a lot of different hats. There aren't as many uh, different hats being worn in WWE as much as there are multiple people wearing different hats in that there are a lot of people who work there and a lot of people backstage. And there are a lot of people who view these things. And as a result, the, 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 this, it's not even a safety and security thing. It's just the vibes are different and it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just the way that things are between the two companies. It is a very more, um, I can, I can say corporate environment in WWE in the backstage versus AEW. It's not to say like the inmates run the asylum in AEW. That's not where I'm going with this. It's just the vibes are different. The, the, the cog in the machine turns differently in both companies. And someone in the chat had mentioned, you know, what happens when Punk or Seth say something that the other takes, uh, you know, it, it takes issue with. And could that happen? Yes. Could they also be professionals and just talk to each other before going out there for a promo and saying what's off the table? Yeah, there could be that too. Because if they are going to be professionals and they're going to work together, there are certain things that have to be off the table. Otherwise, they're they're okay. Seth is taking shots at Riddle and his family. I have to assume Riddle knew about that shit before it was before he was essentially ethered on live national television by Seth Rollins. Either way, Ain't though, here for your bitch ass. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there's a certain agreement as to how deep your cut can be, and I'm sure that you know that it's not like Punk can go out there and talk about AEW because. You know, Tony certainly isn't talking about it. He, you know, did an interview with BBC West and he was asked about it. He said, I can't talk about CM Punk for legal reasons. One has to assume, and I'm not saying this is the way it is, but it feels like if it's happening on that side, it's probably happening on the other side with Punk too. I don't think Punk can go out there and, you know, say this stuff either. And who knows? Uh, Regardless, whatever the promos are, you're working with writers, you're working with producers, you are working with a very different machine and part of the machine's like reason of being, the raison d'etre is that they are there to make sure that the cogs don't fall off and become a huge fight. They are managing your story. They are managing, it is, it, it is a project. Okay. If anyone has ever been in a project management position, I have, if you are project manager, you are 
putting together the sphere of this project. You are getting it together. It is yours from soup to nuts. You are working with your crew to get this thing done and completed. That's what that group of people are doing. They are putting together the story to air on television and make sure that nobody walks off or does anything that they shouldn't because they're angry, frustrated, or whatever about it. Punk will hopefully... Um, get the creative satisfaction he needs out of this to the point where he's elevating and the talent he works with are elevating. There is a mutual, uh, you know, agreement in wrestling that you're, you're working for the betterment of everyone. Uh, not just yourself. You're not just GS, GMSI, Mr. Brian Cage. You're, you're just, you're getting your shit in, but you're also trying to work with everyone else. And the hope here, and again, I get it. Punk in AEW was a, it didn't work. <laughs> Plain and simple. It just it didn't work. It worked for a little while, and then things went south. Um, the only reason I feel differently with WWE is because that machine is so, so different. We just had Kip Sabian on the show. How did Kip get to us? He put out a tweet saying, I want to talk to other outlets. And then AEW, he said it himself, AEW media kind of took over and helped sift through the requests. That doesn't happen in WWE. We reach out to WWE and say, hey, do you have anyone for us? Or they reach out to us and say, hey, we have these available to you if you want. The wrestlers, the talent themselves, very, very, very rarely reach out to the outlets to do these on-the-record conversations. And even so, it's like, okay, I'm going to clear it with with PR and then we'll do it. This is a, this is just going in and you know making my point about the machines being entirely different. So people, people in the chat are saying like, but punk isn't different. Punk hasn't changed. And I, I did find Triple H's line of like 10 years after 10 years, there's got to be growth. Stuff so is like, it was punching a coworker two, two months ago. What are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah, three months ago, I guess at this point. Like, I'm sure 10 years ago, allegedly punching a coworker, allegedly, sorry. Uh, you know, like. Yeah, 10 years, you would want some growth. But three months ago, he was getting into an altercation with a coworker where the boss came out and said, I feared for my life. And he endangered other people backstage. Like, I understand the point that punk has not changed. And punk is going to punk on this. I think what Joel is trying to say and what I agree with is that the environment is different in some what's the old nature versus nurture debate and stuff. Like it's a much different environment. Oh, 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 let's Sean. Is, yes. Is, is CM Punk going to show up on raw tonight? Yes, he is. Uh, okay. you know what? WWE, uh, our, our PR are telling me that they've heard nothing about this. And that uh, I think about two seconds before he comes out, I'll get a message about it. But I've got good news and bad news, depending on how either one of you take it. Oh, Christ. As it turns out, uh, there were no audio issues with my WrestleCade content. Oh, good. Uh, the speaker that I had hooked up here. Oh, <laughs> loose. Oh, loose. <laughs> <laughs> So it was only giving me one side of the audio. So therefore, Joel, your oh services are not required to repair these audio files. Oh. Well, thank you. I can still take. Uh, I can still. I can still work on them for you as per our usual deal. 
Sean can tell you I was very paranoid about the audio too. Of like yeah. you were like, go ahead, hit record. And I'm like, just I need a mic check. I want to make sure the audio is good, nothing's loose, and like it was showing yeah. up and everything. So when you texted me of like despite it showing up, it didn't work, I was like hard yeah. I was like, Are you I, kidding I me? I didn't want you to think I was like blaming you because I knew that you went above and beyond to do everything that you possibly could in order to make sure that that audio was working. And it was because I sent it to uh, Rob, who was going to clip some of the, the Shaza thing that I'm doing this week um, and do it. And he's like, audio sounds fine to me. And I was like, I bet it's that speaker that I haven't replaced and that I've been holding off replacing. I need to get some Bluetooth speakers up here, but. Yeah, I didn't think you were blaming me because I don't know what else I could have done. It worked. It showed up There's on a, a thing. There's a and, lot you could have done. Yeah, fair. I didn't really do anything this weekend, honestly. I just kind of hung out and said hi to people. It was, I, had, girl. I had a great time. But um, I interviewed Eric Ademia, Alan Angels, Deanna Perrazzo, Steve Macklin, Emily Hale, Izzy, Richard Holiday, Veda Scott, and Zaya Brookside. So, uh, yeah. We were we got a lot of stuff there. I would have liked to have gotten like at least ten or twelve, but you know what? It, it's hard to sort of plan those sometimes. So, uh, yeah, should be should be good content coming, and that's about one a week that we have in the can until Royal Rumble. Did I interview Kip Sabian? How was that? It's great. Kip was great. Fantastic. We, we did about half an hour, maybe a little over with Kip. So, Kip was great. The first thing I went to to cover live was Double or Nothing 2019. And anybody that's heard me talk about Kip Sabian knows that I, I did a scrum with him. I, I think I did a short interview with him as well. But he's so good at media. He's really good at it. He's so charismatic and charming and, and just full of charisma. He's, he's wonderful. And um, I love that he speaks out on behalf of a lot of uh, neurodivergent people as well. Uh, ADHD, all that good stuff. That's how I, I sort of reconnected with him a little bit. So I, I'm just very glad to see that. But yeah, Kip was great and re- really happy to to have him on. I always get worried about that stuff, you know, Sean. I was. Are you happy to have me through. on? Because I was told that my career was over or something. <laughs> is it? Oh. Well, that's why you're on this show because your career is over. <laughs> you know, you know how you can fix it. Fly to Nashville, go to Raw tonight, and then show up on Wednesday to talk about the experience with us officially on the show. We redeem careers as much as we put them on the map. I don't have to fly to Nashville, Playboy. It's three hours away. Listen, I live in Canada. Everything is a flight better than a drive, okay? So let me tell you what pisses me off about Denise Salcedo. (laughs) Let's go. Sean, she's hard on Denise Salcedo. I get the scoop, and I, I even dropped in some Nashville natives uh, DMs to tell them SummerSlam, Nashville. Uh, Jeremy can confirm. I've done, I did that with the Cleveland thing with him. But I told some wrestlers, like, hey, you got, you got a home game for this one. I'm excited. I can drive down. So the middle of nowhere in which I used to live, Ewing, Kentucky, was about four, four and a half hours from Nashville. I moved an hour closer to Nashville. I'm an hour closer to everything now. Last year, I was so excited to be able to drive to Nashville, go to SummerSlam, and drive home. I was so happy for that. For the first time in history, WWE did SummerSlam in July. Denise Salcedo, assuming, why would WWE ever do that in July? I'll be all right. Planned her wedding 
the day after what ended up being SummerSlam. So I drove to Nashville, did SummerSlam. I had to leave SummerSlam early because in the wee hours, like a few hours after SummerSlam, I had to catch a flight to L.A. from Nashville, fly from L.A. back to Nashville, then drive three hours, three and a half hours, I think it was, uh, at the time, that I got there in less than three. We'll, we'll not tell the cops about that one, uh, about Bad Boy SRS, because my wife had her first day of her new job the next day. <laughs> um, so that's why I hate Denise Alcedo. Fair. One yeah, of no, many reasons we could honestly name. Mm. What are you Man. eating this morning? I'm not eating eggs. I'm eating a uh, chicken teriyaki salad. From I was going to say, that's, he's shaking up that salad. That's a salad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but they don't leave me enough room to shake it up. Well, you got to shake it off. That's all. Yes. Jeremy loved Good. that one. Did you hear that? Did. He, he did this. He went... Yeah, that's that's the pop I live for from Jeremy because that's the one I know matters the most. Are you guys diligently planning my very very important press conference for this Wednesday? I don't I don't know if Joel's going to be there. I think Joel is no showing, so Joel's not showing. I've gotten a lot of messages about this press conference. By the way, after you tweeted yesterday, a lot of people reached out wanting to be part of it. I'm also working on. A couple, I've not started working on it, but I mentioned <laughs> I'm going to work on it. Uh, a you couple fit of right names, in with our staff. Yeah. Uh, a couple of names to, uh, to, to be part of this press conference as well. Some true reporters in this game. The ones okay, that Peter are King. Anyway. <laughs> you imagine you have Peter, Peter King. Peter King, side. Alfred Kanawa, you know, all the greats. Should I get him? I'm excited for the headline that he puts out. Sean Ross Sapp defeats Shaza McKenzie. He'll put it out tonight. Um, my match is Saturday. I was I was gonna say, should I get should I get Alfred and he can ask Sean? I heard this match was canceled. I'm like, huh? No, still still I mean, happening. He, he did report that he heard from people in Black Label Pro, which I mean, maybe he talked to Brogan Finley <laughs> back then, but he is like and higher ups were very mad, and I was like, "Higher ups, there's it's one, Mikey. Yeah, it's that's Mikey. the only higher up." <laughs> and Tyler, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a guess who booked me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there are higher ups. Black oh. I'll be there this weekend. I'll see you again. You know, two weeks in a row. I'm excited. Uh, uh, you should be looking forward that's, to it. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun to participate in. We have told people to bring their sleeping bags because the shows are very long, and I know that you'll appreciate that. <laughs> I'm trying to politic to get on as early as possible. We were. Yeah, actually- I want you to politic for that too, yeah. so I can watch the match, say hi to people, and then like, all right, I gotta gotta get back home. We don't know how important you are in this thing because we were having a discussion where on the card you're going to be. It was either going to be your right up, up, right up against the, uh, the, the intermission, which is a huge deal, or your second, which means you're absolutely dog shit and worthless in this whole thing. I'm, I'm politicking, but also, like, I've got a contingency plan. If, like, we fly out Saturday morning, my, my wife and I, to go to this. Um, it's like 6 a.m., so we'll get our get an hour back. But I, it's very much like if our flight gets delayed once, very it's probably going to keep getting delayed, and we're just going to get in the vehicle and start driving to Chicago at that point Bless. and hopefully make it there in time. Ooh, it's very hopefully possible it's delayed flights are 
generally terrible nowadays. Please don't say that. My Vegas flight is a 9 p.m. flight. <laughs> oh, good luck. Yeah, no, I'm flying. Yeah, that's a 9 p.m. flight, and then I have the red eye going back home. So that's going to be fun. My God. Yeah, this is what I get. Don't worry. I will, I will have content for us. <laughs> so much. So much. Hey, guys, want to see a magic trick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love magic. Sure. Okay, watch. I can I can make a, a person disappear. Sean, oh. I hear we're back over 10,000 subscribers on Fightful Select. So when's that raise coming? Uh, that raise is coming about seven <laughs> times over the last two years is when it's coming. Okay, same question. Uh, can I also get a raise? You're a magician. <laughs> Look at that. We're we're just a regular pen and teller, but we both talk too much. <laughs> they should they should give us a show. Wait a minute. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. good old file driver finisher. Wow, we actually enjoyed this <laughs> podcast till a third guy showed up. This is the story of like our show. Again, your ratings just whenever Sean shows up, and I don't understand. We are the inverse of the regular Fightful channel. Like the normal, the the, the main Fightful channel, Sean shows up, people are like, "Oh, let's go." The guy who, who's on the channel, let's go. Ratings up. When people, when Sean shows up here, people want wrestling in their wrestling show, and that's what you know gets thrown off when Sean shows up. It's true, completely. I would. Here we are. Now we got to rebuild the audience. <laughs> <sighs> So is WWE uh, dead now that CM Punk is here? Is he burying the company? What do we think happens with with CM Punk tonight? He's going to be there live on Raw. Like, what's obviously, obviously, someone the you know the the easy bit is someone interrupts, right? Like, hey, you're CM Punk, and then. <laughs> See, CM Punk uh, comes out and, you know, he's like, I got a lot to say. And then, oh, here comes Seth Rollins. Like, he gets interrupted. That's the easy bit, right? Let's say no one interrupts CM Punk. What happens? So he comes out with the red bag. And he says, I saw what happened when I was gone. Ten years. Ten long years. And then out of the bag... No, 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 no. We're proving a point now. We're proving a point now. <laughs> oh, shit. This just proves the show. This is to the show rhetoric. We're going to prove a point now. What do you want to know about CM Punk? All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, no. All right, kids, let's go. What do you want to know about CM Punk? Uh, is he going to show up with the red sack tonight, pull out the 24-7 title, and start a holiday feud with our troop? I hope. That's that's the only creative I care about going into the holiday season. Let Nakamura call out uh, Cody Rhodes. That's who he's calling out. That that that's how it is, and it's a holiday thing that ends with a steel cage match in San Diego on January first, so that Nakamura can go surfing that night. I sincerely hope that as a as a mood lightener type of thing that Punk does something with our truth because. I think that would be kind of funny. I mean, I, everybody was happy to see our truth back. Let me tell you, Seth Rollins was not backstage like our truth, our <laughs> truth. <laughs> like that's the reason why Drew <laughs> stomped out. He's like, he stole my thunder. What's going on? I think we will see a lighter CM Punk. I think CM Punk has needed some structure, so to speak. And we've heard Cody often talk about how he wants to just stay on the performer side of things. 
I think that's what Punk is probably going to want to do now. He's he's tried the other stuff, and I think to him it was everybody else's fault. <laughs> and he is in a position now where if he wants to, he can leave it behind, never talk about it again, which is not going to happen. Absolutely is not going to happen. But um, I think he is in in a position to where he can move on now, start fresh. And I think that's kind of what he needed. I think that I wouldn't say he dug himself a hole, but he dug his heels in to the point to where it did dig a hole. Like he, and now he doesn't have to do that. He can just say bygones are bygones. Let me, let me state my case with the work that I do. And I'm hopeful that that happens because I think he is one of the best performers of all time. This is what Jeremy and I were talking about is that AEW and WWE are two very different machines in terms of their operation. The, whatever CM Punk does is going to have a team of producers, writers, and other people behind it trying to put it into fruition. And therefore the control is going to be much different. He will have input. He will have say there will be limitations on certain things like not, not in the bad way, but like if he does something with, with Rollins, it'll be what's off the table. What can we not talk about? And then we build a story around that. Whereas in AEW, maybe that wasn't the case. It's a very different structure. Again, I said, I've said this a hundred million times. Aubrey Edwards saying on Unrestricted, we wear a bunch of different hats. They are a much smaller team, a much different team. Therefore, the opportunities are different with Punk in WWE this time. Yeah, it is a lot different this time. And not only that, there is no Vince McMahon in the equation anymore. There is a Triple H who has booked that Cody Rhodes fella all right after Cody Rhodes smashed his throne. Now, granted, there were, there were you know far more serious issues there. Now, We'll have more on FightfulSelect.com today. But uh, November 19th is when I had heard CM Punk and Triple H had a conversation. And that's when I had started to say, you know what? I've heard he's mending some fences somewhere. That was single source. I'm not allowed to just blurt that out everywhere. Like I, I'm blurting out that I increased your, your viewership by 20%. See when Sean comes on and talks wrestling, people are here for it. When, when Sean just is on eating, people are like, eh, I don't want to see this side of Sean. That's right. <laughs> but any, and I was glad that triple H backed up our reporting, obviously, but This did come together very, very quickly. This was the tightest secret I have ever heard kept within wrestling. Some of his friends did know, though, like Lars Fredrickson, who does a show here on Fightful, um, posted a picture of him watching TV. Ice Cube's kid just blurted it out on Twitter (laughs) earlier in the day. He's like, yeah, Phil told me. It's like, what? That's what had me asking throughout the day. That's what had me ask 10 minutes before he came out. And then somebody goes, he's here. And I go, oh, okay. Because as of that afternoon, even uh, reps, PR, creative producers, they didn't know. Triple H produced the last couple of minutes of the show himself, called for Triple H's music. It is... uh, it was done very well. And I saw people that were like, well, aren't you mad? No, I'm not mad. He's one of my favorite performers of all time. And listen, I don't like covering the drama associated with it. It does very good business for us. But 
my number one dream match ever is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus CM Punk. And there's more of a chance of it happening now than there was 12 years ago, which is mind-boggling to me. But uh, I'm hopeful that, that that can happen. And I mean, I think that with Triple H at the helm of creative and some of the creative minds they have there and the level of talent in the ring that is there now, this could be a very, very good run for CM Punk. Um, I, I actually liked his last run with WWE in the ring because it it was the advent of those three-hour shows and it was him, the Wyatt family, the Usos, Cody, Dustin, the Shield, and even uh, old dumbass Del Rio going out there having amazing 15 to 20 minute matches on raw every week. Uh, but I think this could be, this could be very, very defining in, in that sense for CM Punk and how a lot of people view him, because I do feel like if anything does go down negatively here, I feel like a lot of people will be like, well, yeah, they everybody gave him a shot, but it's also for some of his detractors could be, could be redemption in a, in a way. I want to, can I ask you a, a clarifying point? Um, Dave Meltzer, and this isn't me trying to like get anyone to bury anyone. Uh, Dave said after it happened that the deal came together about 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. That was that accurate? Cause when I read that, I was like, wait a minute. I thought this was super last minute. Was that maybe when talk started or the conversation started about maybe bringing him in? I just, I'm trying to get clarity around that. So I, I can tell you based on what I had heard, I had heard about the conversation on November 19th. Uh, I asked somebody close to punk and that person did say, yes, that conversation uh, happened, but he's not planning on being at survivor series as of right now. Then on Friday, I got word where uh, punk had said to somebody, nobody really knows the nature of the conversations that we had. Uh, and then Saturday he showed up. The contract was not finalized until Saturday. So that deal was not done till Saturday. And that is that is extremely rare for WWE. Ask authors of pain. <laughs> CM Punk's you can new, find uh, new heaters. They're going to be his new heaters. They're going to come out and it's going to be the C- CMAOP. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you have an answer to this, Sean, and we might get an answer tonight on Raw Live, APM Eastern USA Network. Can Punk reference AEW in any way, like even if it's sidebar type of thing? There's no way that they can't reference it at all. Like there's, there's no way that it's completely prohibited or anything like that. (laughs) There's, there's just no way that you can completely avoid that because for all the references and all that stuff that people were bringing up, there were a lot of them that people thought were about punk that had, nothing to do with punk. And that was something that I was told. I was told this by multiple people who, who did the teases. It's like, well, he's talked so much. You can draw a, a reference to anything. That's also the case with AEW. AEW has got so many CM punk stories at this point that <laughs> even if you don't, people are going to say that you are referencing it. And it, if I, and this is me, if I were CM Punk, I would look at this as, you know what? This is a new start, a new beginning. Have your, I mean, maybe some good hearted shots or something like that. 
this is pro wrestling. I don't doubt that one day Punk talks to the Bucks. Punk talks to Hangman. I hope he talks to Colt Cabana because I, I love their content together. But I, I, I will never say never about anything. And I mean, like why Solable says, Malachi literally name dropped him. <laughs> name dropped so, there's got to be some wiggle room there. I mean, you can... It's one thing if like Malachi just says CM Punk two seconds after saying Cesaro. Like, I don't know yeah. if CM Punk is going to be out there. I don't know what – nothing's going to be taken as lighthearted, and I think that's where you run the risk of like no matter what you say, people are going to be like, oh, look at him. He's still a jerk. He's still holding this grudge type of thing. I don't think he can go out there tonight and be like – now that I'm here, a lot of people are fearing for their lives backstage. Like, I don't think you can say anything like yeah. that. Like, nothing. I, I don't know what you can say that's going to be taken as lighthearted. I guess that's where I don't know if you can even want to go there. But I also think you do have to reference something because yeah. it was it was there for two years. And there, a lot happened in that two years. Hope he's just like, man, I left to get cigarettes. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he pulls out his phone and calls David Zaslav just live on the air. Let's get that going. Hey, remember you called me one, Bill? Phil, uh, listen, we need a thing for Raw. You got 2024 open? There's going to be so. There's going to be a whole lot of stuff. And I've talked about this on Fightful Select an awful lot. NBA is going to cause massive shifts for everybody. Because first off, Shaq, Kenny, Ernie, and, uh, and Chuck. Charles are... Charles. Like their show, I mean, they're probably getting picked up by ESPN, right? So that's where they're heading. But as a result, you know, that, that takes away some of the luster of, of outside programs. Like USA Network probably isn't getting them. But USA Network is expected to be in the running for the NBA rights. That will drastically affect their potential budget for wrestling programming moving forward, which is why they were like, well, let's get the higher rated show pay the amount of money that, that we were going to pay raw anyway. And it's winter proof where in, in the fall and winter months, it's not going to get impacted by football nearly as much. And then maybe we get basketball as well. And then if they don't get basketball, they can turn right back around to WWE and say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do raw. Makes sense to me. I, I mean, Nick Khan is one of the all time great hires by WWE. He's very, very smart. He has completely revolutionized that company from a monetization standpoint. And uh, I'm just wondering how we can get a deal with Ruffles. I, listen, I'm very upset that they didn't get rid of the thumbtack spot last or on Saturday and replace them with Ruffles. Why couldn't they take a great. giant bag of Ruffles, beat each other over the head with them, open it up, and then just do, do some moves on the Ruffles? Yeah. Sure would have been great. Well, uh, Joel, do, do you have anything to say to me as you look up and you see that number above your head? Yeah. Are the Bears and Vikings big enough game to, you know, affect tonight's ratings? Uh, tonight? Ugh, that's an ugly game. <laughs> well, it's no. football. So, yeah. It's yeah, football. It's that's fair. I mean, I don't know what the hell I'm doing next Monday. I, I don't have any idea if I'm going to be on the Raw Post Show or if I'm going to be watching the Bengals get their asses kicked by the Jags. So. Give, give them a free uh, graps preview. Yeah. We're going to have a, a CM Punk update on Fightful Select today. We've got the backstage report on Fightful Select today. Of course, WWE Raw plans. Also, uh, shout out to Corey Brennan. He's been helping out a lot with some scoops on Fightful Select. So uh, keep your eye on him as well. 
<laughs> I, I didn't say it. I'm just going the chat. Is you you want to talk about wrestling. You want to talk about Shaza McKenzie versus SRS at Black Label <laughs> Pro this Saturday, December 2nd, outside of Chicago. Please donate to NAMI.org, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, we have so far raised over $4,000 in sponsors, pledges, and donations uh, because of this match. So thank you guys so much. I'm going to go thank do my you, job. Sean. Thank see you, you see you this weekend, buddy. You're welcome for the viewers. Yes, the best <laughs> in the business, Sean. Thank Ross. you for the house. Yes, <laughs> literally, literally. Oh my goodness. Yes. All right. He, he, he heard you mention the viewership, and he took that personal. He was like, "All right, it's time. <laughs> We've done this dance before. <laughs> I can't win." <laughs> Can you go? We I we've barely like gotten into some CM Punk stuff. Do you have time, Joel? I got some time. I mean, I don't know how how, how much deeper you want to get in the weeds on this because uh, Vince is there to get into it with us. Yeah, Vince, yeah. yeah. There, we got to get change our intro. Get on that, Joel. Uh, gotta, listen, Tim is a busy boy. Nah, I don't think so. I feel you don't like think he's busy? busy? You should message no. him. I'll give you his. Uh, I'll give you his his messenger because he ain't on Twitter. I'll give you his his. <laughs> His WhatsApp or something. I don't think he's that busy. Um, I, I'm interested in the create of CM Punk. You talked about like, doesn't need to be full time. You can kind of come and go. I don't think that's the case right now. Not until Mania. Oh, I agree. Like, with I agree. But I don't know. I also don't think he needs to be on every single week of TV either. I think you can cycle him in and out based on the holiday season alone. Yeah. I mean, that's that's possible that you can do that, but I think you got to keep them there for the most part every week. It's just one show. It's just raw. It's the same as him showing up for just collision every week. Like, he ain't working the live events or anything like that. He's just, he's got to be there for raw. And Imagine I think he was, though. I'll be great if he would work the live events. Prove, pro- got to reprove yourself to the boys, baby. Get back gonna- on the road. Nothing but L's. Nothing. He's taking nothing but L's on the road and then televised W's. And he's just like, guys, 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 we're just trying to make me whole. I actually think, I actually think like working live events and being on the road would earn some goodwill with the people backstage who might be questioning why is he on board right now? I mean, I can almost guarantee you he'll work the the Madison Square Garden Boxing Day show. Because that that's doesn't like, goodwill. That's just like, yeah, of course um, you want to work MSG. Oh yeah, I mean, there's that, but it, like, it's a big house show. It's. I think that yes, I think he should work select house shows, and not just international house shows, but you know, work like Peoria or work, you know, Kalamazoo, whatever it is. Work those cities, those those. Uh, yeah, work, work a couple of those house shows. I'm not saying he has to be on the road full time. I don't think anyone's expecting him to be full time, 100% on the road. But I think there would be, like you said, some goodwill and some commitment to this for him being on like a holiday tour loop, uh, at least to start. It's a good point. I do think he should just work only live events. Forget even putting him on TV. Just like you want to see CM Punk come to come to North Fuck Idaho. And come watch CM Punk. Just like his hero John Cena did last year, two years ago. G- John Working Cena dark matches. Yeah, bless the man. He just worked dark matches. Everyone was like, <laughs> see John Cena live. But they meant like 
live as in like in the crowd because it ain't going to be on television. Huh. Work the live events, brother. Uh, I don't think he will. Um, I get why he wouldn't, but I do think he should be on TV and he's probably going to be on TV. Um, you know, he's going to be on TV up until WrestleMania. Then after WrestleMania, what happens? We shall see with that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, it's going to be a wild ride going into mania. Uh, we does this upend some plans. Does this turn into punk and stone cold Steve Austin? Because maybe they already had a plan for Seth and they're going to keep going with that plan again. This is a, do they pivot or do they kind of have an idea of where it's going? But also like we're four months away from mania. Like we do have some time and some stories to tell. There could be a multitude of changes, but also the punk stuff. Maybe you don't need to speed run all of his problems or everyone that hates him or doesn't like him. Maybe you could kind of play those out a little bit, assuming again, just like Sean and I were talking about earlier, that the feeling is different the way that he operates in WWE versus the way he would have operated in AEW, just the, the way that um, punk is a wrestler in, in WWE versus a wrestler and, and, and in AEW. I think that when it comes to punk and you know, you said speed running his problems, that's why I'm very curious of this promo tonight before where, you know, we were speaking about it and then, talking about interruptions and then sean came on um tanked our, promo- just tanked our viewership too What's that <laughs> sorry the promo tonight i'm very curious what that is because as i i mentioned to sean of like you can't just ignore the aew stuff but also you don't need to like obviously go full bore with it they've referenced it with cody right i mean Rollins referenced it with Cody of like, you tried to tear this company down. You started a competitor to try to tear this company down. Like you can reference it without going too into it. And like I was saying with Sean of like anything he says is going to be a perceived shot, right? Like, is there anything he can like say that is like, Oh, that's playful and funny and ha because remember the peg warmer comment people thought punk thought he was being playful and funny and people are like oh there's still a lot of heat here and then punk had to uh text hangman and be like i'm sorry about that like i was just trying to make a joke and then it became a big thing like i don't know what you can say that is playful and funny that's not gonna be a a shot i'm telling you he says i'm back to take on all of these young bucks i'm here to take on the alphas not the omegas of this company i am here to hang with the best in the business man he just he does everything that is so tongue-in-cheek and just a little petty that people both laugh and then people who take this way too seriously get all antsy about it and that's fine let them but like there are little words word plays that he can use that uh that he could get away with and be like i'm not a con man they, they, then he's just calling his boss's boss a con, and it's just not, it doesn't work. There's, there are ways that he can do it. Someone made, you know, we made the joke, does he come out and say, oh, my God, I feared for my life last night or on Saturday night when I came out? Yeah, I don't think he does. I think it's a little too that, far. No. I think it's too far. But I think saying I want to I wanna hang, you know, with these young bucks, man, and prove who is the alpha to the omega, like, 
I think he will have a little bit of fun and, and do some references. If he ever does another pipe bomb promo, I hope he says, hi, Danhausen, how you doing? Just something so stupid like that, um, that, it, that it works. And I, I understand that there are some, again, wrestling fans currently very much in their feels over this whole thing. I get it. We have a few super chats to get to before, as we kind of start to round this out. But my general feeling is that this is for everyone who says that this is the same punk. This is also going to be a different punk for all the reasons we just talked about. Um, and I think that there will be some other conversations that happen, whether not forced, but at least strongly encouraged between punk and members of the, the locker room. He is walking into uh, there needs to be some conversations. There needs to be some understanding as to what, comes next and what's okay and what's not that's just how it is right now it's gonna be great when they pull uh you know cm punk aside before raw and they're like hey punk here's your script for tonight buddy and it's talking about like you gotta put over dominic mysterio but like this past Saturday at the premium live event, WWE Survivor Series, the Ruthless Judgment Day, we're in the war games with the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, main event, Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, and the WWE Universe saw the return of the Viper, Randy Orton. And it was a great premium live event, the the highest grossing WWE Survivor Series in history, the most watched on the famous Peacock Network. And I in, in Chicago, I couldn't just sit there and not be part of it. So I said to myself, CM Punk, what would the WWE Universe want you to do? They would not want you to sit here alone in Chicago they would want to see you at WWE Survivor Series on the Peacock Network, one of our staple premium live events. So I went to Chicago and I went to the Allstate Arena and I said, hit my music. And I was welcomed home by the WWE Universe, the great fans in the WWE Universe presented by Ruffles and Slim Jim. And CM Punk is WWE then, now, and forever. That's it. That's soul promo. <laughs> so first of all, I, I'm seeing in the chat the Being the Dark Order. Yes, there the BTE channel just sent out a Being the Dark Order episode one. So we'll we'll watch that afterwards. But you know what? We're completely really? well. I mean, like when we're off. The air. <laughs> um, let's let's not let's let's not ignore the elephant in the room, Jeremy. If CM Punk is the first person out tonight on Raw. Do you know what he says? You know what his first words are? What's that, Joel? Welcome, everyone, to Monday, Monday Night, Night Raw. Raw. Come yes. on. This is Saturday Night Live. It's the same. Come on. Consistency, <laughs> consistency, consistency. That's why we're using a 10-year-old render because they don't have a new one yet. Consistency is what we do. TK is about tradition. WWE is about consistency. It's the McDonald's effect. He comes out. He says, welcome, everyone, to Monday Night Raw. And then he makes a joke like, wow, I never thought I'd be saying this again. Uh, and then it turns into a promo about why he's back. And maybe, oh, or they save this for the Oh, shit. Oh, this is what he should do, though. Oh, Just do God. the victory lap. Just run around. That's what he should do. 
Yeah, I'm into it. Shout out by Solvable. Oh, damn. Okay, let, let's hit these super chats as we kind of get out of here. Uh, does Triple H lose some trust with the performers? That's from Dante V. Uh, that is the big question. And I don't think we have really much of an answer right now because as it, as is our understanding, there were important people who were made aware of Punk's arrival just before going out, or at least as the match was being laid out. So there is, there are certain people who are going to be a little annoyed about this, but there are also people who are just like, I understand why this happened and why it happened this way. Um, I, I think overall, if this is a, a positive experience, both business-wise, financially, and also backstage, then great. Again, I go back to what happened when Punk went to TNA and visited backstage. He had a wonderful time. Everyone spoke highly about him just hanging out. When he doesn't have business to conduct, it seems like Punk is just like having a good time. So it's entirely possible that that's what this is, and people are just like, it really sucked that you did that, Paul, but also we kind of understand. We we don't know what the the backstage vibe is going to be like. And I'm sure Sean will have an update, you know, in the coming weeks, but yeah, that's just kind of how it is. I don't think anyone's going to be like, we're done. We're walking out. That's it. No, I don't think anybody's going to walk out. We, we mentioned this a, a little bit of, of what is the vibe going to be? And I think you're going to see some professional just jealousy and frustrations because that again, is any job. Somebody comes in, gets paid more. It gets your spot that you feel you've worked for you're going to be a little bit upset about that. That is maybe not any job because not every job works like that, but certainly professional jobs of like this magnitude of sports and entertainment magnitude that happens all the time. Why is this team paying this free agent this much when they should be playing, paying this person more? Why is this person playing over this person? That's, that happens in any sport. Wrestling, it's uh, it's a lot more subjective because it's not like, well, this guy's really good compared to this person. Like people think certain people are better wrestlers than CM Punk. People think uh, there's better promos than CM Punk. So it's like, okay, why is CM Punk getting this? So yeah, that's that's anything like that. As far as Triple H losing the the trust of talent, it's a possibility. I think he's built up enough to where people are like, all right, I'm not like thrilled about this. I know it's a cliche saying, I'll let it play out. I'll see where it goes. And if it doesn't go well, then that's on, that's going to be on triple H. They're going to look at him and be like, why did we do this? Like things are going great. Cause that's the thing. They don't need him. They don't, they're doing just fine. Without him. That show was sold out long before there was a rumor of CM Punk. That show was sold out when CM Punk was still in AEW and there was zero chance of him showing up. So they don't need him in that regard. They're going into a Rumble season, a WrestleMania season, where they got a lot of top baby faces, where they got a dominant heel champion. They got a dominant heel secondary champion in Gunther as well. Like they're clicking on a lot of cylinders. They got a strong women's division, especially at the top that they're booking well. Like they're clicking on a lot of cylinders that they don't need this random CM Punk guy there. And so to throw him in there, you, you know that gift, that video of that uh, that chef who just like throws something in there and then it starts this giant fire and he's like, oh, it basically burns his apartment down. Like that's what it could be. For CM Punk. It's like, what? Oh, what was that point? Point doing? You're boiling the water just fine. Why'd you toss dynamite into the water? Like, 
we were good here. Um, so they don't need him. And it could could hurt some trust in the performers if he comes in, that isn't in line, and then just messes up some things. It could also be a big shot in the arm where it boosts everything and people are like, oh, well, now I'm getting more money because of this. I think that's a... a people might get frustrated, but if Drew McIntyre ends up getting more money out of this, I think that's a good thing too. If Drew, Becky's contract reportedly coming up as well, if they're looking at it like, yeah, that's great. You signed CM Punk. Like he's helped. What about the people who got us to this point? And Becky and Drew certainly got an argument there of like, how much is he getting? Okay, well, I'm going to need this or I'm going to need this concession because he's getting this. So it could help in that. Now, if they don't get that, but Punk got what he got, then, then uh, you know, we got some more issues on our hand. It's a, it's a risk. It's a risk because of the the history and the feelings. It's a risk. Obviously, Triple H was comfortable in taking, and he feels confident about. And we'll see, we'll see sooner rather than later if he's proven right. We'll probably know within the next six to certainly within the next year with all these contracts in 2024, but maybe even sooner than that, like around WrestleMania. Yeah. I was going to say like post uh, post rumble, we'll start getting a real taste of what, uh, of what the landscape looks like. Again, they, they got to go to Australia and do the, the elimination chamber show. There's just, there are a lot of wheels spinning right now in terms of what's coming up, heading into WrestleMania in the WWE sphere. So yeah, there's, there's a lot happening. Uh, Chi-Town Spurs says, can't wait for the CM Punk versus Seth Rollins, Philadelphia street fight at WrestleMania night one sponsored by Chili's Chili's bar and grill like no place else. Uh, you know what? I, I want it to be sponsored by Gino's or Pat's one of the steak, uh, one of the Philly cheesesteak places. Come on, support local. And then they have a good match where they just beat the shit out of each other with giant hoagies. I'm for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm for it. I look forward to the, the sponsorship stuff. Here's the thing. Punk can be funny and tongue in cheek when it comes to this stuff. Like he can, it's just, he's got to do it the right way. And it doesn't always come off the right way And uh, with everything else, you know, yeah. with him, uh, it might not come off the right way. So why Solable brings up a good point. I think it's been underplayed is, you know, Punk's health versus interpersonal issues. And this is kind of the the reason why working house shows isn't actually such a bad call for punk because, you know, again, part of the AEW uh, issue sometimes with injury is either they're working too much or they're not working enough. They're only working television once a week and your body doesn't really adapt as well. Punk wasn't working any matches outside of the ones he was, you know, doing in AEW. Whereas with WWE, if he works a few, you know, tune-up matches once in a while, grab a hold, doesn't have to go crazy, doesn't have to go ham. Can work the Miz. He can work the safest guy in the room. He can work with him and and still keep the the rust off and keep the injury, you know, potential at a at a at a minimum. That's okay. And again, the WWE style is different from the AEW style, is different from the indie style, is different from a lot of different styles. Punk can work that style and get away with it. He doesn't need to do some of the stuff that he felt the need to break out in AEW. So his health is is on a lot of people's minds, but I don't think they view the expectation of what he should do um, too much differently from, or, or quite differently from what he was doing in AW. He should work all the house show loops, you know, work work Logan Paul, work Dominic Mysterio. Let him work Dominic. Just yeah. 
that's an easy match. Here's here's thing I'm so, I'm interested in when it comes to the the booking of CM Punk is, and I think the fans are going to dictate a lot of it. But this is something that became a thing in AEW, certainly with Collision. Are you baby facing or, or are you heel here, Punk? Because like, I mean, I, what do you think the fan? How do you think the fans are going to react? How do you think they should play it? I think he comes in as a babyface. You don't bring him in. You don't bring him in in Chicago like that and get a pop like that and then be like, oh, but actually he's a heel. Unless they go ahead and turn him literally tonight, there's no reason that he should be anything other than a babyface coming back in. I'm, I'm with you. Like Chicago, he was always going to get that pop, right? Yeah. It does feel like it's going to be a Shades of Grey feud with him and Seth Rollins, though. I think Punk works a lot better as a heel. He's much better as a heel than he is a babyface. I also think they're kind of lacking heels. Like they, The babyface roster is strong. Name me the, the strong heels. There's Roman. There's Drew. Judgment Day, but Judgment Day's feuded with these guys a million times. I think we cement Drew tonight as a heel. Okay. I think he does something dastardly. I think Orton sooner than later, because you can you'll do an Orton uh babyface tour for maybe a couple loops and then get into it by holiday season, maybe by by the beginning of uh, the year. Um you've got who else do you have? You've got Nakamura, it's not there, you've got Gunter. Um yeah. I know there are others. Got pretty deadly, they matter. I think the I think the babyface side's just a lot stronger. Yeah. And I also I I feel there's a lot more juice in a heel CM Punk run as well. Like no offense to him. I ain't got much interest in seeing CM Punk against like Judgment Day. I'm just kind of burnt out on Judgment Day cuz I feel like I they've wrestled everybody. Yeah. And they've done these rematches so much. I'm sure like once a CM Punk Finn Balor feud rolls around, like, oh, this is cool. It feels like the there's so much more juice in a Cody feud, in a Seth feud, Sammy, Usos, like there's so much more juice in that than Judgment Day. Is there Randy Finn Randy Balor as well? What's up? Randy and Finn have never had a one-on-one match. That's probably okay. going to happen tonight as a getting my revenge for you taking out my big headed friend. Hey, big man, you thought you could take out my big headed friend. I can't do the thing right now. But anyway. uh, yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that we're going to see that. Is there a raw preview up other than go, go see CM Punk live? And then, yeah, Randy? there's Randy's going to be there. There's tag team turmoil. There's the women's tag team match. Oh, it's, it's, night yeah, there we go. Yeah. There's some, there's some other stuff, but look, I, hey, Bronson, Reed and Ivar, let's go. <laughs> but yes, I just, I, I think we'll see the main event I think is going to be Randy versus Finn Balor, which I think is a hot main event to have because those two are damn good at what they do and they've never met one-on-one. So why not do that on the show? That's a good raw main event. Give it enough time. You can tell a story, maybe have Drew McIntyre show up, take out Randy Orton, or maybe have Jay get involved and, uh, you know, stop Randy from getting beat up and just be like, I'm, we're cool. loose. like, I'm trying to prove to you that we're cool. So there's, there's some certain things that can work. I don't think Randy's going to turn right away. I think they got some time. 
I don't think Randy's turning right away either. Again, I think there's some good juice in it, Randy and Punk. You saw the wave that they did to each other yep. uh, as well. Like, I think there's some good juice there. They got to be careful about not doing the Shades of Grey stuff so much because I think that's where AEW is sometimes falling short with things is they just want everything to be real and Shades of Grey and like that doesn't always like click long term. I think you can do it for a little bit, but long term you got to establish this guy's a baby face or this guy's a heel. Yeah, um, let me get this last super chat out. You can still send us one as we're starting to wind down. Will Chisholm said, uh, "I may be, yeah, I don't know, soft, but I want I just want everything to be okay with everybody. Oh, yeah, soft, but I just want everything to be okay with everyone and all the companies." P.S. I do love how Cody called himself an EVP in the media scrum. You want to talk about Cody. the media scrum real quick? <laughs> I, I know. I feel like you you want to you want to run, Joel. So I'll I, I won't I won't try to make this too long. But I do well, feel see, like I got to pick up. Yeah, it is. I got I got to pick up some guacamole. I got to pick up some sour cream. We got got to make some burritos for uh, for lunch today. People are asking where I am, man. The the chef are doesn't they? stop cooking. Are they? All right. It's just my wife. She's hungry. Just so am I. I get it. I, I feel like this is, this is a larger topic that maybe we can get into on Wednesday. This is a tease for everyone. Let's you go. know when punk. When Punk went to WWE, obviously this past weekend, there was a big conversation surrounding AEW, AEW dead, all that nonsense and stuff. And then it became a conversation about like Cody when he left. And then Cody and Punk were like, what kind of defined what AEW was supposed to be the counter, the, the alternative type of thing. And then you have the Young Bucks and Kenny doing what they're doing now. And you had Teal commenting on on stuff. Bless her, I love Teal. Um, mainly because I don't want to get on her bad side. Uh, you had her commenting about like what Cody meant to AEW and things like that. It's a big conversation to have. I, I'm going to say this as a little bit of, of a tease. I don't think Cody gets enough credit for everything that he put down and did for AEW and the, the first all in. I, I think he gets credit. I don't think, and now I think that now that time has passed and he's been gone for almost two years, I think you're seeing how valuable Cody was to that company compared to the other EVPs. That's I, that's, that's what I'm going to say about it. Uh, and I think that, again, there's a larger conversation to be had about Cody and Punk and them representing the alternative of what WW of what AW was compared to WWE. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you're not the first person to bring it up and I know you're not going to be the last. So with all that in mind, we have plenty to talk about on Wednesday. Uh, maybe we'll even have somebody come and join us on the show. Who knows? Someone, someone, someone will figure it out. Either way, this was a good show. We go long as we do when the big moments surprise us and take us, uh, on a ride and then sean wants to prove himself useful to us so he comes on and he's just like oh, i I'm, I'm really good at this and he is so thank you we love sean sean said such nice things about this show um i can't believe that I can't. over wrestlecade weekend he, he said very nice things about this show we we love when sean shows up uh you know sometimes when, when he's just eating when we're in the middle of our deep conversations uh i, I understand people are like well where's the wrestling talk like sean Sean deserves a break from the wrestling talk. And I think he comes on this show to take a little bit of break from it. 
I totally understand it. That's what I do when I'm not doing this show. So uh, with that in mind, we're going to get out of here for the day. We're going to be back on Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern, picking it all up. Whatever happened on Raw, whatever's going to happen on Dynamite. There's a bunch of Continental Classic matches that have been announced. Looking forward to talking about how those might flesh out and maybe get a little bit more deeper into AEW because, let's face it, they got a show coming up too, and we got we to gotta get excited for those things. So, uh, yeah, and then, of course, Friday we're back again. So come and join us then. And Shaza and Sean have a media call on the main channel on Wednesday. Yeah. So that'll happen. I won't That's be there, but we'll see. Uh, Jeremy, you want to plug stuff? Not really. I just want to say thank you guys for, for hanging out with us uh, two and a half hours today. And then I know, like, yes, I, I know basically Joel and I did a show. Kate was there, uh, but I kind of hijacked it last night. So Joel and I have done like five hours together over the past couple, five and a half hours or so uh, to today. Um or over than like the last 24 hours. Uh, so, but thank you to, to Kate for basically allowing me to hijack the show last night. And Joel, uh, thank you to Sean for always running in and big shout out to Kip Sabian. He, he just sent me a nice message. He said, I'll, I'll say this on air. He said, pass my you know good wishes to Joel, uh, for for doing this he said send my thanks to joel and great talk uh so kip sabian was fantastic if you if you if you tuned in late or anything or if you if you're watching the replay i hope you're staying for the whole show but check out the interview with kip sabian he rules absolutely uh and yeah check out last night's uh, show with jeremy and kate and myself uh we're we're sitting uh over 1700 views which is hilarious because we clickbaited everyone last week and we got the same amount so clearly the punk thumbnails unfortunately they work so we're back, baby. We'll see you again. Ladies and gentlemen, friends around the binary. I'm Matt Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We will see you on Wednesday. Take care. <laughs>